Welcome, welcome all to the Pro Football Radio Podcast. We are at episode 73. This is your co-host Jay Chima with the pride and joy of Merrimack, New Hampshire, DePuma, and the Pro Football Radio senior contributor Eric Burgess, aka The Burge. Fellas, welcome in. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. How y'all doing? Doing good, y'all. Happy holidays to you two and uh, I, I'm glad we were able to get back on this horse uh, prior to the holidays because uh, I feel like we all need a little bit of a group therapy this evening. <laughs> yeah, happy holidays, guys. It's uh, been a while since we got on to record this. And uh, I know you said Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. I would like to say Happy Festivus. Ah, yes. Right, here we go. Yes. So we can air our grievances tonight mm-hmm. because uh, we need it. Got the got the whiskey ready, one one hundred twelve proof, straight fucking napalm. Let's go. <laughs> so, to give you guys a quick rundown of the content of this podcast, we're going to be talking about the Buffalo Bills clinching their first AFC East title in twenty five years. We'll give you guys an update on the playoff picture. Talk about the Patriots and how they're finally eliminated from the playoff picture. Um, then we'll roll back into week sixteen. Uh, give you guys a preview of the Dolphins versus the Raiders, the Eagles versus the Cowboys, the Rams versus the Seahawks, and the Titans versus the Packers. But before all that, oh, and, be, and then also we'll do a take it to the bank parlay, and we'll finish out with the fantasy bullets with Burge. But before all that, before we start, I got to ask a real question, a serious question that's been on, uh, on my mind for the last couple of days now. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Yes. Yes. Yep. But Without what, question. But why? Why, though? It takes place during Christmas. That's I, it? I now have a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> you know? He, 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 you know, like I just said, like, I now have a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. They're at a Christmas party. Christmas party gets taken over by, by a terrorist group. Uh, disguises dead body with sweatshirt that says, I have a machine gun now. Puts a Christmas, a Santa Claus hat on the dude. I think that the credits even end with a like White Christmas or some nonsense mm. like that. Mm. Oh yeah, that that is a Christmas movie. Just because it was made in the summertime does not negate the fact that this is a Christmas movie. Well, listen, if I have he... to watch Elf in June, <laughs> this is a Christmas movie. Well, listen, yeah. when he's you know running around in a uh, a shirt, right? Those uh, those a shirts he's wearing underneath. And it's like, it seems like it's 70 degrees out. Like, it's not very Christmassy, right? It doesn't well, give he's you in that. California. You know, what is he supposed to do? What are they supposed to do? Like, the, the, mail snow in? The whole the whole premise of the of, of the Nakatomi Tower was a Christmas party. Huh? Thank you. Sure. Thank you. And it's, it's, it's a Christmas movie, and it takes place There's during Christmas. There's Christmas trees. There's Christmas Absolutely. trees in the lobby. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So I've been uh, so my sister's out here in uh, Connecticut with me. So we're just kind of you know we're doing stuff like you know watching old Christmas movies and stuff like that. And you know we're watching Home Alone, Home Alone Two, and and you know we started watching The Grinch, man. And and, and I'm just blown away at, at some of the lyrics in that Grinch song. Uh, it's been a while <laughs> since I heard it, but when I heard it like a couple days ago. I thought to myself, yo, this fucking town needs to get raided by the Grinch. I am on the <laughs> Grinch's side now. I hope he destroys all of their Christmas. Because, like, like, let me just give you a couple of these lyrics that, that I actually have to look up. You're as cuddly as a cactus? You're as charming as an eel? Mr. Inch, you're a ba- Mr. Grinch, you're a bad banana? Like, I, 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 I am so, like, who the hell is this evil person making up the song? Like, I'm on the Grinch's side here, man. Well, I'll say this much, though. At the time in the movie, 
the shoe did fit. He wasn't a pleasant guy to be around. But if they're, making, if they're making these these kind of songs up about him, I get it, man. Listen, you're a monster. You got termites in your smile. Like, what is that shit? Fuck well, it. Wreck, wreck the town. Wreck the town, Now, now I got to ask, was this the, like, original, like, 1960s yeah, the OG. one? OG, yeah. Or, okay. Okay. All right. Because I know they did, like, a, a like an, like a live animation kind of one recently right yeah that was like a good one too jim so, carrey yeah. one in between uh, jim carrey one i haven't seen that but the the new one the 2020 one that came out oh i think it came out last year that was really good actually i watched that with my sister as one and it was it was uh is really good but last okay. question before we move on what is your guys's favorite christmas movie and then we'll get into some football Ooh. oh this so, is easy for me what's, yeah what's what you got you, jingle all the way with oh. the arnold <laughs> the turbo so, man so I'm tied with with first, and it's between the uh, you know jingle all the way for that exact reason right there, and then close like on the tie, I, the first Santa Claus with Tim yep. Allen like that there. that is freaking hilarious. Like it, if Jay, if your sister hasn't seen that yet, yeah. the Santa Claus just the first one. Don't even bother mm. with the sequels. No, yep. Just stick with that. You will not be disappointed. That it's actually, great. I think that movie really withstood the test of time like today yeah well, for, for me it's always going to be christmas vacation like i'm surprised oh, you yes, that, a good up, one too. that is morning that is favorite christmas movie one of my favorite movies in general i'll watch it like in the middle of june as well just just to kind of uh refresh my memory but i love that movie watched it again had a great time laughed my ass off a uh, great fucking movie man mm-hmm. all right Enough of that. Let's get into some some serious football discussions. Uh, myself, Puma, and Burge have been going very ham in the group chat, and I think it's time we bring this conversation uh, into the podcast. And, and the first topic we're going to talk about is the Buffalo Bills uh, finally clinched their first AFC East title in 25 years um, by beating, who was it the other night, the Denver Broncos, 43-19, yep. whatever the ridiculous score was at the end of the game. It wasn't a game. But but since we have the resident uh, Bills fan on the podcast, Mr. Go. Brandon okay. Silva, I figured we'd give him this time to, you know, just uh, <laughs> to gloat and show uh, his appreciation for the Bills. Go for it, sir. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I'm, you know, don't get it twisted. I'm still a Dolphins fan. Oh, well, we are wow. getting it twisted. We don't, we're getting Clearly. twisted. We don't know where the allegiances lie, you know? I mean, yeah. I... We're, well, we're going to get to that. I mean, you, you can't look at what the Buffalo Bills have done, not only just this season, but it, really since Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean have have, took o- have taken over the general manager and, and head coaching positions. I mean, this, this franchise, and I mean, you guys can attest to this as well too, like prior to the Pagulas buying this after uh, Ralph Wilson died, I mean, they, they were kind of mired in mediocrity and mediocrity is being – a very kind word they had a you know they had a great year with uh, with rex ryan and again mm-hmm. great year is a very loose term this franchise kind of like the dolphins has really not had a franchise quarterback since jim kelly retired i mean you could go off the list and i think really the one quarterback that was uh stable at times prior to josh allen taking over the job was was Tyrod Taylor. I mean, after that, you had Drew Bledsoe for a cup of coffee, Brad Johnson after he won the Super Bowl, EJ Manuel uh, as as, uh, <laughs> as the backup quarterback for the for the uh, Buccaneers, JP Lossman, JP <laughs> Lossman uh, bust out of I think he was drafted out of Tulane. Um, you know, EJ e. Manuel, right? EJ Manuel. He was a, he was the first round draft pick that didn't pan out, uh, but. 
you know, looking at what these two guys have done, they've they've changed the culture. They've really supplemented draft draft picks with veteran signings. I mean, it's it's 2020 right now, and I'm still uh, I still think that the Cole Beasley signing was probably one of my favorite free agency signings last year next to the Jamison Crowder signing with the New York Jets. I mean, when I saw the Cole Beasley signing, that to me cued that they're trying to do everything they can to make Josh Allen the more complete quarterback. Because at the time, if he didn't have the first read, he was just going to try to take off and run and hurdle over a person for 50 yards. Or he was just a one-read quarterback, and it kind of became an adventure throwing the football. But you look at what he's done now – with Cole Beasley, the John Brown signing last year, which is underappreciated in my opinion, the Stefan Diggs trade this year, you, you look at what he's done over the course of his career, his completion percentage is up 17% from his rookie year, up 11% from last year. Brian Dable is putting this guy in spots to succeed, but you also have to give credit for the work that Josh Allen has done with, with Jordan Palmer, his personal QB coach who also works with Deshaun Watson and Sam Darnold and the list goes on. And he worked with um, a couple of the draft picks last year and he's cleaned up his mechanics. He's cleaned up his footwork. He's more accurate throwing the ball downfield than he, than he was coming into the season. And, you know, right now he's not going to win MVP, but he's putting up stats that Cam Newton put up in his MVP season in 2015 with uh, 30 passing touchdowns at the moment and eight rushing touchdowns. And I, I think he made a claim to at least have a seat at the table. Again, doesn't mean he's going to win it. I, any other year he probably would if he wasn't up against the Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers that are balling out of their mind right now. But you have to you have to look at what the Buffalo Bills are doing, and it starts at the top, and they've really changed this culture. And as a Dolphins fan, I can respect everything that they've done because that's what the Dolphins are doing right now with Stephen Ross finally giving the reins to Brian Flores and, and Chris Greer to mold this team into what they think the the expectation is with the draft picks that they have. Perch, floor's all yours, sir. Dude. Are you are you even a Dolphins fan? Oh, you, you have you have a Josh Allen jersey. You're right. I would ne- I, I would I would never buy the jersey of my division rival, no matter even if Tom game Brady went. Game. Tom Brady goes to the New York Jets after this past year. I'm not buying. It. I I hate Tom Brady. He goes to the New York Jets. Come I think on. I had a Chris Martin jersey when I was a kid when he went to the Jets. Look, um, look, the the Buffalo Bills are playing great football right now. I don't think anybody can dispute that. Um, you know, you look at the, the run they've gone on the past five or so weeks where, the, you know, they're, they're basically taking out everybody in their path. Teams that I never thought that they were going to beat, you know, and I lost money, you know, on, on teams in these games that they were going to that I thought they were going to lose. Um, that being said, uh, y- y- you can't anoint Josh Allen, the next king of the new of the AFC East, which it's it's trending that way with with you Puma right now and and I have a bone to pick with that. When did I look, say that? Look, no, no, when I'm did not. I say I'm not that? saying you said it. I'm here we go. I mean, you're kind of implying, Burge. Bernie, you're alluding. You're kind of alluding that Josh Allen is essentially in the same category as Patrick Mahomes, and and, and the way I see it, he's not even close. By saying six, he's playing at by, an MVP level, he's not even close, man. Like at the end of the day, the guy he's playing, you know, great against some pretty shitty teams. He's lost against teams like you know the Kansas City Chiefs, which he really needed to beat. Um, like Almost I, I what Tennessee I Titans to see, got blown out. Tennessee Titans. What I need to see from Josh Allen is get to the playoffs. 
win a couple games. If we're going to pick on Lamar Jackson and say, hey, man, why don't you win a game before we give you all this love and adulation, we're going to do the same exact thing for Josh Allen as well. And and the one thing that I'm sick and tired of hearing over and over again is this, this stat that people throw out there. Oh, you know, he's worked with Jordan Palmer and he's increased his uh, percentage by 17 points. Well, when you you throw 50% to start with, you're 13 points below the average of the league. You were so bad that all you can do is go up from there. So don't give me that bullshit that he's completely become a new player. He's just not as bad as he was his first couple years. Win a couple games in the playoffs, beat Patrick Mahomes, then I'll give you your love. I'll be more than happy to come on here. I'll be more than happy to come on here and say, Josh Allen, he's the next great quarterback if he beats Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. But he is not going to. He'll probably be a one and done in the playoffs. Okay. Okay. Well, one, we're early preview. I have the Buffalo Bills going to the Super Bowl. But two, you can't look at side by side comparisons of his rookie year in 2018 and now, and look at the mechanics that have changed. Look at the fo- footwork that has changed. He's no longer a one read quarterback. He's actually looking at all aspects of the field and just say, oh, you know, when you're only completing 50% of your passes, you're, all you can do is go from up. I mean, look at Cam Newton throughout his entire career. And he's been in the league for what now? Like eight seasons and he's sub sub 60%, like su- low 60s. Josh Allen is at 60. He's won nothing. And he came he's won in- nothing. And I'm not saying he's – I'm not anointing him as a great quarterback. I'm not saying that he is in the, the stratosphere of Patrick Mahomes right now. I've said this until I was blue in the face offline last night with you guys that he is about to be extended. He is going to still Good. be part of, part of this regime. They are going to figure out a way to move the cap because look at the Kansas City Chiefs. They're signing people with funny money essentially, and they're only 2022nd against the cap next year. With all of this money that uh, that Patrick Mahomes is going to be getting, and even over the next two or three years, they'll still be middle of the pack while they extend Tyreek Hill and, Chan- uh, and Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey got extended this year as well too. They're all going to be on the books for more than three years. Josh Allen's going to be on the books for a while. Um, Tre'Davious Brian Dable is extended. Yeah, and and you know what, and you know what, Burge, like yeah, Brian Dable is putting him in positions to succeed by calling the offense. But you also have to look at this too. Brian Dable was his offensive coordinator his rookie year, so these two guys have been intertwined. Dable has adapted on the fly, putting this guy in positions to succeed every single season. And the work that he's done with his mechanics to clean everything up, you can't deny that. Like yeah, I get it. Oh, you can only go up from here, but. 17% increase from rookie year, 11% increase from last year. Like those numbers are unheard of. Like you it have should, to. It, it, you're you're, you're going to see. You're going to see. It should have been a 7% increase if you're at league average at 63%. It's a passing league. You can't even get to league average. Like, come on, man. Yeah, and look, look. at the rookie. And, and look at his rookie year, Jake. Who was he throwing to? Zay Jones, who wasn't there, who was billed as a wide receiver one prototype that got traded to the to the Vegas Raiders because he dev- he didn't pan out. They cut bait on that guy real quick. They brought in Stephon Diggs last year, who was labeled as a diva wide receiver. Uh, Cole Beasley signing made him a more complete quarterback by making by making him look at the underneath routes. John Brown and him, the numbers when John Brown is actually in this he's offense gonna get as cut. well, too. It, John Brown is going to be on this team next year. Like, his, his contract, I think, is four years and, uh, I think, what was it, like $70 million or something like that? He signed it last year. He's going to be going into year three next season. He's not going anywhere. And his numbers with John Brown are, are astonishing as well, too. Like, they have a great connection as well. And the Dawson Knox drafting of a tight end that's a bruiser is helping the cause as well, too. 
Like, this guy... Yeah, he likes to push off. Oh, here we go. You know what? If you're just going to cry about the about your, your bet slip with the Denver Broncos when I told you to take the, the Buffalo Bills pl- minus the six points, then uh, 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 all right, Bollier, I don't know what to tell you. But all I'm saying is, is this guy in this defense as a whole, which has been clicking since Matt Milano came off of injured reserve, Tremaine Edmonds came off of uh, the injured list as well too. They had that bye week. Even even Josh Norman, who was uh, a joke and a shell of himself in Washington last year, he's been uh, improving his game, especially since the bye week. This defense is getting hot at the right time going into the playoffs. And Kansas City, we're going to get to these guys in the playoff prediction. They had no business letting the New Orleans Saints back in the game last week. This team only cares about and focuses when they're actually down, and I think they are primed for an upset, and I think Buffalo can, can, can win that game. Like, they almost won week four if it wasn't – couple of a couple of you know different spots they didn't convert a couple of third downs but they shut down that passing attack that was the one of the very few games where Clyde Edwards Elaire actually balled out on the ground they made him run the football but they contained the passing attack I think Tyreek Hill only ended up with like 50 receiving yards that game this defense is clicking on all cylinders give me the Buffalo Bills in the Super Bowl any anything else look, on God is just hate look, at this point look look I see, I see the same thing happening to Josh Allen without his offensive coordinator that happened to Carson Wentz in Philadelphia. All right. A year ago, we were talking about the potential that Carson Wentz at the start of the season was a, was a early MVP candidate going into the season. Like they said, he yep. was going to take the next Had a step. Slip. He was going to win the MVP, and he was going to go there. Now, granted, he's had some injuries, you know, affect him throughout his, throughout his career. I mean, obviously, you know, when – 2017 when they went they beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl he got he blew out his knee but you saw the decline in in Carson Wentz right now with the Philadelphia Eagles and you can make the argument that he has nobody to throw to you know you know and all this and that but it's more than that he's turning the ball over like crazy and he's missing he's missing he's missing your man crush in your your second man crush I I should say in Frank Reich he's missing him dearly there he's missing Frank Reich too probably, but I mean, Alshon Jeffries is also getting older at this point. He's been dinged up every year, you know, for the past couple of years. So, you know, I, I see it. I see the writing on the wall with him. Another, another prime guy that, that performs extremely well with the current system he has. When something changes, it's going to decline. And I, I see it. I see the writing on the wall with Josh Allen. And, you know, I had a buddy come, come to me today saying, or not today, after the, the Broncos uh, game, on what was it Saturday that the Buffalo Bills are going to win the next ten AFC East titles? I laughed at him. I, <laughs> I mean, laughed I'm at him. I'm not going that far. Like that is a bridge look, too far right now. And look, look, my my pure hate for 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 the Buffalo Bills, you know, doesn't stem from from the play on the field. Like they're balling out right now. Like I didn't think that they were going to come out and blow the Broncos out the way they did. You know, the start of that second half, scoring 14 points in in 17 seconds. Um, you know, one on offense, one on defense, um, you know, they're balling out right now. And I'm not going to disagree with you on that. You know, I'm not, I'm not so blinded by the hate that I'm not going to say that the Buffalo Bills are, are doing, are, are playing very good football right now. Yeah, but, 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 they, but their fans are absolute 
a holes. Well, that's 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 a different story. But and that's that's where I that's where I get to the hate. That's where my hate feels from. That's where my hate feels from. For me, it's not even that. Like we all agree that the Buffalo Bills are playing good football, and they were playing good football last year as well. I just can't get over his his collapse that Josh Allen had. Well, actually, the whole team had down in the whole team. Like that, like face that that face that I saw on Josh Allen. Josh Allen when he was sitting on the bench. It was during the headlights. It was frozen. The only time I saw that uh, face again was was back in like uh, 2011 when when LeBron James melted down against the uh, the Dallas Mavericks his first mm-hmm. year in, in Miami. Same exact face. And sometimes you can just tell somebody's a gamer and somebody's not a gamer. And I'm just getting this feeling from Josh Allen. This is all well and fine. He's on a great team right now. He's rolling top of the world. But let somebody punch him in the mouth in the playoffs. And I want to see where his response is. And the way I see Josh Allen is the way I see Baker Mayfield. Two guys that are hot as hell right now because they're insulated with great coaching staffs and great teams. Mm-hmm. But I do think in the playoffs, both teams will be one and done unless they play each other, which is a different situation for a different day. But I, I don't see any difference between Josh Allen and Baker Mayfield minus a little better stats. Okay. Oh, all right. Whatever. I, I get it. Like, I Talking don't even know how to... Dignify that with the response, like was it because it's much Jay, like no, because no Jay, because like you're the guy that was ready to write the Baker Mayfield obituary, obituary, a la Colin Cowherd style, week four, Adam Jones Jr. last year, and Adam Jones Jr. for that aspect as well too. And you look at what they've done; they've actually played to what Baker Mayfield's strength is, which is off of play action on bootlegs, getting the guy mobile. That is what the NFL is nowadays. You've said it yourself and why you couldn't, I wouldn't say like understand or wrap your head around like why the Bengals would, would possibly go after a Joe Burrow type who is who is the last pocket passer in the NFL when you could have gotten somebody like a Tua or a Justin Herbert, which Mike Brown was a fan of in the draft, but the coaching staff wanted Joe, Joe Burrow. He was the pick. But that's what the modern NFL is, too, is to be mobile. And these two guys are thriving in that environment right now. And both defenses are clicking at the, same, at the right time. They have a decent run game. Cleveland has a better running, uh, has a better backfield than, than Buffalo. I'll give you that. It's not close. Uh, especially Devin Singletary and Zach Moss having, you know, the cases of uh, the dropsies with the fumbles. But, I mean, they can lean on that run game if they wanted to as well. Like, that is a personnel decision where they're putting they're surrounding the quarterback with the tools to succeed like i mean if you had if you had this in new england like you guys wouldn't be complaining at all if they had something like this on the on the outside at the tight end position and able to build around a quarterback to succeed which clearly new england has not done this season and they're you know maybe they can do it next year but this this is what the nfl is nowadays like this is what it is See, I don't think Buffalo can, can 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 truly run the ball unless they're playing against a bad run defense. They showed it all year this year. Their best game was against New England, and obviously New England has a terrible run defense. Yeah, so Denver's not bottom bottom league. They're I'm pulling up the stats right now. Let me find this for you. I mean, well, look, if they're not I, I, middle of the, I would be shocked if they were middle of the of the pack at best on the on the defensive side of the football. I don't know. I, I what did they? What I mean, they, they they had a good day running the ball. I guess they ran. What did they run for? Like almost 190 yards because uh, you know Singletary had had some big runs there. Yeah, but. Singletary had like a 50 yard run uh, to to basically break break their back uh, 
in the I think it was what was it the third quarter? I mean, at, at that point the game was already out of hand. But like Zach Moss is able to run the football. Devin Singletary, we saw him run the football last year too, and we're gonna be play, There's gonna be a home game in Buffalo in the winter time in January. Like you can grind the defense Denver, down. Denver is with, the fifth worst the rush game. defense in the league this year. They've given up the fifth most yards on the ground this year, behind Dallas, Houston, Jacksonville, and Detroit. Well, okay. Speaking, speaking of the playoffs, Puma, let's transition into that. I want to talk about the playoff picture and where the Bills land. Um, so in the AFC, we've got the Chiefs at thirteen and one. They're going to be the number one seed. Uh, the way it's going to pan out. At number two, you got the Bills at eleven and thirteen. You got the Steelers at number three, eleven and thirteen. Um, the Titans. Three, eleven and three. <laughs> eleven. I'm sorry. Eleven and three. <laughs> eleven and three. The Titans at the number four spot, ten and four. The Colts, ten and four, at the fifth spot. Um, the Browns, ten and four, at the sixth spot. And then the Dolphins are at nine and five, uh, getting that last uh, wild card spot. Uh, they'll beat out the Ravens at the moment because they own uh, the conference record tiebreaker over the Ravens. The first two teams looking in: Ravens at nine and five, and the Raiders at at seven and seven. So Puma, you are on. The Bills bandwagon. You're essentially saying these guys are going to beat the Chiefs and go to the Super Bowl, correct? Yeah. And I mean, it's not, I mean, hell, Jay, like I was on here last year saying that I like the Buffalo Bills in the playoffs. I like the Buffalo Bills now. This isn't breaking news. Like, I'm, I'm a Buffalo Bills fan. Um, early prediction was Steelers Cardinals in the Super Bowl. And God, the Steelers are so bad. Mm, Steelers got but, some issues. I mean, but, I mean, like, you look at the Kansas City Chiefs, like, not, not even just from a betting perspective, which they, I think they are 0-5 over the last, uh, you know, five five weeks uh, against the spread. Like, they haven't covered. They, they had no reason to let the New Orleans Saints back into that game on Sunday in the Superdome with, without a Michael Thomas on the field. Uh, Alvin, Kam- Alvin Kamara was kind of carrying the weight. The ghost of, of Jared Cook was carrying the weight. The, the, the defense was, was doing their job uh, against a, a Kansas City offense. But, like, this, this, this Chiefs team has been, like, has been bad at times. Like, you can even look at the Denver game where the Broncos just kept everything in front of them. And this team, the, the, the Kansas City Chiefs, like, they are, I think they're 21st. In red zone, uh, red zone offense, like that offense, that for all of its vertical prowess, kind of turtles up in the red zone. And if teams are able to do what Denver did and have them trade touchdowns for field goals, yeah, that's going to be a key to success. And the Buffalo Bills, they can play at tempo. They can throw the ball all over the place at will. The Chiefs' defense is not looked like the defense of last year. And I, th- I think right now the, the Kansas City Chiefs are primed for an upset. There's nothing on tape from the Kansas City Chiefs right now that shows me otherwise that they are, are ready to just take the throne again and win back-to-back Super Bowls. Look, I, I, I'm, I think that the, the Chiefs do have their vulnerabilities in this. And, you know, just going to the Super Bowl predictions, I'm not changing mine from last week. I'm sticking with, with the Packers and the Chiefs playing in the Super Bowl uh, in February, but looking at both conferences going into this, I think, I mean, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to fade the chiefs at all. I mean, what they did last year coming back from behind in all of their games in the playoffs and winning, um, in pretty, pretty decisive fashion. Um, I'm not going to fade them at all, but you look at the AFC, any of those teams that are in the playoff picture right now, I can see winning on a give any given Sunday. And it's, 
you know, Jay and I have talked about this off air too. I, I if, when it comes to it, I, you know, I, I said I want to dabble in, 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 the, in the sports book and, and, and gambling the rest of this season. In the playoffs, it's going to be very tough for me to pick, you know, who I want to win or who I think is going to win because I think any Sunday – any of these teams that are in there could come out and and, and win a game, and I, and I think it's the same, if not more prevalent, in the NFC. Oh, yeah, for and, sure. And in the AFC, you know, for me, I, I think the Chiefs are just so much better than the rest of the NFL. I know they haven't covered the spread, which doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. When you get wins and losses, uh, that's what really matters. And, and I think the Chiefs, at the end of the day, like I don't see the Bills being able to go into Arrowhead and outmatch uh, Patrick Mahomes on offense. No way I'll take Josh Allen over Patrick Mahomes. Steelers, they've got their issues. Man, they just lost to Bengals last night, which I could not believe. Um, the Titans and Colts, I don't think they got the firepower to keep up with the Chiefs. So I really believe it's the Chiefs out of the AFC and nobody else, really. Um, so moving on to the NFC, though, this is where it gets very dicey because the NFC NFC seems to be wide open, man. Like, you can't really, week by week, it gets uh, it gets more complicated. At the number one seed at the moment, you've got the Packers at 11-3. and three. You've got the Saints at the number two seed at 10-4. and four. Seahawks at 10 and 4 in the number 3 seed, number 4 seed Washington at 6 and 8, but at this point it seems like anybody in the NFC can get, still get back into it, whether it's the Eagles, um Cowboys, uh, maybe not the Giants, but maybe they have, they might be mathematically still in it as well. Uh number 5 so you got the Rams at 9 and 5 because they got the tiebreaker over the Buccaneers. Number 6 Buccaneers at 9 and 5 and number 7 Cardinals 8 and 6. And then you've got the two teams looking outside in, Bears and Vikings. Um, so who do you guys got coming out of the NFC? And this is so much tougher than the AFC. I mean, I'm I'll sticking stick, with the Packers. <laughs> I'll stick with the Cardinals. I mean, I, I, I watched that game on Saturday, and this has been a theme for the Green Bay Packers defense all year, is they, they can't close a game out. And they let a, a, a Carolina Panther team that was down – Christian McCaffrey, that DJ Moore, this is his first game back off of the COVID list in Lambeau. And they, they let this they, they let this team back in. And you can go back throughout the, the rest of the games this season. Hell, you can even look at the, the Eagles game a couple of weeks ago where, where Jalen Hurts was almost like the gif of the Undertaker kicking uh, <laughs> kicking out of the casket. Like, but like, you know, you can't it's it's all well and good, I guess, to do that in the regular season, but like you can't do that in the playoffs and like there's nothing I haven't seen anything on this defensive side of the football that would inspire any confidence and if you have a pass rush I mean we saw this what was it Jay like week six or seven when Tampa Bay played Green Bay in Tampa and yeah. they, they mm-hmm. shut down that offense and they mm-hmm. just kept pressuring they kept pressuring Aaron Rodgers and they shut that team they, they shut that offense down after the first touchdown and the half-assed, like, you know, McCringleberry touchdown celebration that was too early. Like, if you put pressure on this guy, this offense is going to fold a bit. And I I just don't have any confidence in that defense. Kyler Murray, I said this all year, they're going to have to be road warriors in the playoffs. The shoulder seems to be coming around a little bit more. I, I I still like I still like Arizona to to make some noise in the playoffs and, and punch their ticket to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I still have the Saints coming out of the uh, the NFC. Man, they had a thrilling game against the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs the other night. Um, they were in a, they were you know in, a, in the beginning. They went down by fourteen, came back into it. So I do think that the Saints and the Chiefs are going to end up in the Super Bowl, and I think that's going to be a great great matchup. And I'll take uh, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs at that point. But you know, let's let's move on from the playoff picture. Let's talk about. 
a subject that is near and dear to all of our hearts, minus Puma. Um, but <laughs> let's talk about the, the New England Patriots in their loss, uh, twenty-two to twelve, um, to the Miami Dolphins, and fine and being eliminated from the playoffs uh, for the first time since what two thousand and nine. Um, so, Burge, what are some of your initial thoughts with the Patriots being eliminated from playoff contention? Well, it's a sad day. Let's be honest. Um, you know, it was a great run making the playoffs for the last twelve years. Um, Going into the game, I had some confidence that they were, you know, going to be able to do what they needed to do to win the game defensively and uh, and do enough offensively to 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 basically put them over the top and, and beat this Miami Dolphins team as they did in week one. Um, you know, watching the game, it was extremely frustrating. I mean, how can you how can you stick with the leader of your offense after nine quarters of not scoring a touchdown. I, I don't know. I mean, that's a, that's a discussion that, uh, you know, we can have about, uh, Mr. About the coaching staff, Mr. Belichick here, but you know, it, 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 it more or less, it, it gave me some closure going into this because there was an outside, a very outside chance that this team was going to actually sneak into the playoffs. Oh, I'm so glad the path is dead, man. And you know, it, it, it it gives gives me a little bit of peace that the path is dead. As much as I, you know, I wanted to uh, to you know get it back into the playoffs and see them play an extra week because there was no chance that this team was going to win a playoff game, um, you know, no matter who they played. Um, but I would have loved to have have seen what Jared Stidham had in this game going into Miami and maybe give them a shot to to, to get in the playoffs, but. You know, I mean, hopefully this was the uh, the obituary for Cam Newton uh, in New England going into this game. I mean, it's just I don't know how how you can you can you can go up and throw forty five points on a team that, granted, their coaching staff is terrible in the Los Angeles Chargers and 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 then come back and respond with that with not being able to score a touchdown in two straight games. It's frustrating. It sucks. But uh, you know. It is what it is, and it's time to, time to move forward. And, and I'm happy that Bill Belichick is at the helm moving forward. So, Puma, um, you know, this is one of the rare occasions where the, the Patriots segment actually involves you as well. What did you, what'd you see from your Dolphins, and uh, what did you see from the Patriots or lack thereof? I mean, the, the Dolphins side of the football, we, we, we put up points in, in spite and, of and a running to, game. Before you get to that, Puma, like, the one thing I want to say here is, like, Miami did not play that well either. Like Miami made some made some some no, pretty grave mistakes, not. and like, and and it sucked because I watched that game and I knew an old Patriots team would have steamrolled that that Dolphins team. Like we're talking like forty point steamroll, and and, and I, it just sucks that we're at this point now. But I'm sorry, go ahead, man. No, I was just gonna say, like I mean, for as much as I railed, uh, you know, on my team, and listen, like I'm I'm a Dolphins fan. Like don't get it twisted because oh. Brandon has respect for the Buffalo Bills, but like at the end of the day, I can step back and take a, a look and a, an objective look at my team and realize what I have. We have not had a running game all season long, and that even included last year when your leading rusher was Ryan Fitzpatrick, who led the team with 200 rushing yards and as throughout the entire span of the season. And you know, the Salvin Ahmed, like he he ran for what was it like 120 yards on Sunday. Uh, total, the the Dolphins ran for what was it like a hundred? What, what was it? Two fifty? Two fifty? Two fifty? Like three and, touchdowns? Two fifty? I mean, we we haven't done two hundred fifty yards over the last three years. Like, and we did that this weekend. But I mean, 
you know, Tua Tagovailoa, he was kind of a, you know, a, a pedestrian along for the ride uh, in this game. Uh, he ended up with, what the hell was his stat line? 145 yards. Yeah, 2026, 140 yards, one interception, two touchdowns on the ground. But, I mean, you know, no Jakeem Grant, no Devontae Parker, no Mike Kosicki, and this team still does not have an offensive identity, and it's 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 mildly horrifying that they are the last wildcard team, and I, I don't know what I'm going to get on the offensive side of the football. Like, this has all been on the defense and the secondary, and defense is if – we if we don't have a pass rush, this this secondary is average, and uh, I'm kind of amazed they put up that many points in the Pats. And I'm saying that also as a better that had the New England Patriots as part of a teaser leg, and maybe if Bill Belichick kicked the field goal, I would have been in a little bit of better shape. But you know what what New England has right now, you know we were talking about this offline yesterday. Cam, I think Cam Newton's going to be back at, at one Patriot place. I think he's going to be back. His stock has not been any lower. Bill's going to get him on a super cheap deal because you're also going to have Cam Newton that's going to want to, air quote, prove all the doubters wrong, a la look at his uh, Instagram post last uh, last. He wanted night. to do that this year, too. Through through hier- hieroglyphics. But you look at that. You can get him on the cheap. You're going to have mostly opt-outs coming back. You're going to have... Uh, a bunch of cap space. Julian Edelman, you you, you got to find a replacement receiver because he's going to be a salary cap casualty in the offseason. And with the salary cap being predicted to be lower this year over last year because of the lack of fan attendance, you're going to have teams that are going to have to cut v- really decent veteran talent that actually aren't on the tail end of their career, and they could build around that, get him on the cheap, get these opt-outs back, they might be able to make a few rumblings again in the in the AFC playoff picture next year. But, you know, definitely what I think, news back, you take a defensive end or a linebacker in the first round of the draft this year and you build through free agency. Like, that, that's, that's what's going to have to happen at this point. Well, so Bill Belichick had his uh, presser a couple of days ago, um, I think yesterday actually, and he was very vague. He kind of at one point hinted maybe that Stidham could uh, see some playing time. Then he kind of walked it back. So don't really don't really know what's going to happen. But I think in the next two weeks, I think we will see by Bill Belichick's actions if Cam Newton is going to be back or not. Because I think it makes no sense to send Cam Newton out there if he's not starting next year, right? So essentially, if you send out Jared Stidham as a starting mm-hmm. quarterback, he plays great, then, then there's no way you can bring Cam Newton back, right? So... I, I think to negate all of that, uh, you know, we'll see what happens if Camden starts for for both of the games ending this year. And if that's the case, then he could be back next year. Now, in regards to the game and what I saw, man, it's just more the same shit. Um, I, I'm so ready for this year to be over with. Uh, we got two more games against the Bills and uh, the Jets, and we'll preview the Bills game here soon very quickly. But it's just been a shit year. I'm down. I'm beaten, man. Like, I, I want this thing to end. You know, it's another game where you score no touchdowns. That's nine quarters now where you haven't scored a touchdown. The run defense in itself was absolutely horrid. It's been really bad the last two weeks. I mean, the the Los Angeles Rams absolutely gashed us. And, and I thought we were actually, that's, well, that was one of our strengths. I mean, in certain games this year, they were able to stop the running attack. Um, but then again, like, I mean, the, the biggest frustration for me is, man, like, this is not what we've been used to seeing in the grand scheme of things with the record, but even the little stuff, like, it's not what I'm used to seeing as well, right? You know, usually a team gets better, a Patriots team gets better as the year goes on. This team seems to be getting worse as the year goes on. I'm not used to that either, right? Um, so, 
I don't know, man. Uh, I'm just frustrated. Uh, I want the season to be over with. Looking forward to the rebuilding process, which you guys have a lot more faith in Belichick than I do. Um, but, <laughs> but it's just, it's just, it's just sad. It's just sad all the way around, man. No, it, it it really is. I mean, it's tough. It's tough to go through it. But you know, I mean, let's be honest, Jay. We were due for this. Um, you know, twelve years of playoffs, and uh, up until last year, what was it? Ten. 10 straight or eight or nine straight AFC championship games. I mean, we were spoiled going into this and you know, there's nobody right now that I would rather have um, at the helm coaching, coaching, coaching um, this team through a rebuild over the next couple of years uh, in Bill Belichick. Um, You know, it, it, it sucks. And, you know, going back to what you said about, about whether Cam Newton plays or not the rest of this rest of the way here, I think that you know if he if he plays one of the games, I think there's a strong chance he's back. I mean, it, you have to give Stidham a look at this point. Um, you know, maybe you give him the Jets. You know, it's a game that that you know you're playing a bad team. You know, maybe it's you're not putting him in a position where he's gonna f- severely flop against you know the the Buffalo Bills who are playing great football right now, as we have well established uh, on this podcast already. But you know you got to take some positives out of this year. And, you know, well, for let me, me let me ask you, let me ask you, what position group do you think was the strongest for the Patriots this year? And looking at it, there's been times where the secondary has looked like shit and played well. There's been times where the front seven has played great and looked like shit. Offense, I can't point to anything. I The fact that special teams might be our best group this year, like our kicker and punter might be our best group this year. Like, what is the positive out of that? Like, what is the positive out of that? No, no, no! I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pick a unit. The special teams has been absolutely elite this year. That that, that has been the story of the of, of the Patriots season this year. I mean, they're able to flip field position better than any team in the league with you know with Jake Bailey and you know Matt Slater running down there, Justin Bethel, you know being able to down the ball within the five. You know, I can't, I mean, I couldn't tell you look without looking at it, but they, I, it seems like they were consistently doing that on a on a on a daily basis, um, on a weekly basis, uh, for that matter, um. And, you know, Nick Folk has been a decent surprise this year. You know, nailing all those field goals when the offense stalled, which happened quite a bit. Um, never didn't – I personally didn't expect that going into the season, you know, with them drafting a fifth-round kicker, but that's a story for another day. Um, but, look, I, I, I like what some of the young guys on this team have done this year. Specifically, Damian Harris has been a huge bright spot when he's been healthy. Yes, I know Jay – you think health is a big thing with a with talent evaluation in the NFL, but when Damian Harris is healthy, he is a beast in that backfield. Um, you got you got J.C. Jackson with eight interceptions um, in the Snub. secondary. He's Snub. been huge. He should have been in the Pro Bowl. Agreed, agreed. You know you have you have Kyle Duggar flying around out there who's come on who's come on lately. Look great. Um, Josh Uche has looked great when he's been out there. Chase Winovich has taken a step forward. You got some good young pieces moving forward for this team. Um, you know, you know, specifically on the defensive side of the ball outside of Damian Harris. Um, you know that you, that you can really build off of, and that's why I'm I'm excited for this offseason. I'm excited to see what they do with the cap space. I really hope they don't trade out of the first round because because uh, I'm I'm gonna be absolutely livid if they do that again this year when they really need to take. Like I agree with you on this Puma. A linebacker or a defensive end. I prefer the linebacker at this point. You know, a, a nice stud middle linebacker to kind of command that defense going forward. Um, you know, it's it, it, like I said, it sucks right in the obituary in December for this team. 
I mean, it was a nice well, run. The, the abit, they got the abit, derailed early. The abit, they got derailed early. The abit was written after that San Francisco 49ers loss. Um, mathematically, mathematically, we're out of, out of it now. But you can tell. You can tell when your team is not good. And some people choose to, you know, have the faith like you do, which is great. You know, great quality. Oh, here we go. But when you're, when you're a realist like me and you see it for what it is, this team was not getting better at any facet of continually getting better, man. Like, the offense... It's getting wor- it's so much worse than it was from week one, which I don't understand how that's possible. It's not like injuries have ravaged us, you know. And then on top of that, even defense, man, like I'm just so disheartened by the last two weeks of seeing, you know, the Rams and, and the Dolphins who can't run the fucking ball. The, the Dolphins cannot run the ball, Look, and what? yet they were able to put 250 yards. I, it, like back to back weeks, they have just been they've been gashed, right? And that's just disheartening for me. Let, let's be yeah. honest, the run defense really wasn't a strength of this team all year. I mean. It was inconsistent, and there, there were plenty of games when they got completely gashed. And what's more disheartening for me is the inconsistent play of, of you know, what was talked to us as the strength of this defense, and that's the secondary. Yeah. I mean, they mm-hmm. sucked against the Jets, and then they come out and they have great games. You know, they, they did great shutting down the Chiefs early on. You know, it... it that, 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 to me, is more disheartening than the run defense because I knew the run defense was going to be a problem this year when they were carrying, what, one or two linebackers on the team. You know, you, you play the nickel defense all year and, you know, you, you don't have the big guys up front um, to stop the ball and you're relying on, like, undrafted players like Therese Hall to come in and, you know, make plays and you're relying, relying on Adrian Phillips to, you know, kind of fill that that hybrid safety linebacker role all year. It was, it was that, that part of it was doomed to happen. And I think a lot of what, especially against the Rams, they were, they were going to let them run the ball. You know, you know, that's how Bill's always been coaching against his team. We're going to let you do something and we're going to take away what we feel is your strength. And they it, clearly a couple weeks ago against the Rams, they felt that the passing game was the strength with Woods and Cup and, you know, Goff throwing the ball. And they were going to say, you know what? You guys, you guys haven't run the ball all year. You know what? We're going to dare you to run it. And we're going to let you run it. And hope that our defense can stop it enough and our offense can put up the points. Obviously, that didn't happen. Well, listen, I've resorted to calling Bill Belichick the fake genius, right? Uh, uh, because the guy, all the go. information that we have on Bill Belichick is that, you know, he has one with Tom Brady and he has done nothing else besides that, right? The guy was, what, 36 and 44, wherever the stat was before Tom Brady. Even if you take into account the year he had an 08 and the four games that Brady wasn't there and this year, it's like still like 52, 56 is, is the total record of Bill Belichick uh, without Tom Brady. But what I'm trying to get at is a lot of people have optimism that Bill Belichick will be able to turn this around. I don't because the last time we had a rebuild like this, a down to the studs rebuild was after that 08 season. Right. And it took us until 2014 to get to the point where we can win a Super Bowl again. That was six years later. We made that 2011 Super Bowl, but that secondary was absolutely horrendous. I still don't know how that 2011 team made it to the Super Bowl. And that's just the, the greatness of Brady. But from 08 until 2014 is when we finally got back to the Super Bowl. Do we have six years for, for Bill Belichick to rebuild this team? I mean, we might not have three at the rate this is going. Look, he is not a fake genius. He is, he is the Hashtag goat of... He is the, co- the goat of coaches, and you, you cannot dispute that. Yes, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick were the absolute perfect match. All right? They found him, and they worked together, and they made it work for 20 years. That is 
never happened in the in the game of football in the history of, of the NFL. Look, you, you got to understand, all right, the NFL, right, the way it's built, the success that the Patriots have had is, is not sustainable unless you have that match. And obviously there's a time frame on that match because the quarterback gets older and then you have to reset it. And you can't go as far to call Bill Belichick a fake genius. I'll do it again. Games, fake genius. 14 games after Brady has left. All right. We saw the writing on the wall last year with the receiving core and everything. Brady saw it. That's why he left. All right. Look. But, but the next point of that argument is why we're in that position? Because Bill Belichick is the he can't GM. Draft. The B- he can't draft. Well then, well, then how is he the greatest of all time if half of his job he's shit at? Like, I, I don't understand why people will, will he, quantify and make all kinds of excuses for Belichick. Why Let me finish. Because his coaching is so great. But the other 50% of the job he's shit at. But it's okay. It's okay. It's Belichick. Yeah, but, but now and what we're pisses trying to me off the, the most, What pisses me off the most is every single day for the last 20 years, Every single player had to earn his position and his keep on that team. Tom Brady, every single day, had to go out there and win the quarterback job. But for Bill Belichick, we're like, you know what? Half of his job he sucks at. But you know what? The other half he's fine at. So let's just make these excuses for him and keep it rolling. It's not an excuse. It's not an excuse. He's the greatest coach of all time. No one, I, I'm not disputing that. I'm not disputing the fact that he's sucked drafting the last four or five years, and that's the reason we're in the state that we're in. So then where does the optimism come from? If for the last five years he's just so bad, then where does the optimism come from that he's going to turn this around? Because last time time it took him six years, it wasn't until 14 where we won a Super Bowl again. Yeah, but if you look at, I mean, listen, this is all in like Three to get to one. This is in the world of, of like memes, but like for the longest time it was always a meme, but like the truth is always somewhere in the middle where Belichick and Brady, they can take a bagger from Demoulas or Shaw's and put this person into their offense or defense and make them a Hall of Fame player. Like that is see, what, see, that, that's what everybody, everybody's leaned on it, that. No, 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 that just pisses me off because it wasn't Belichick and Brady. It was Brady that could do that. Because so Belichick now, is coaching the defense too? Because, because now I thought we couldn't just plock somebody into that offense yeah. this year. Yeah, but you and can I was go back and the Jay, I was buying the look at, that we can look win at some of the Super Bowls year. too. You can look at some of the Super Bowls too, a la the, the Rams-Patriots one, where that was straight. That was strictly a defensive uh, a defensive uh, type of a Super Bowl win right there. Like that is Belichick's bread and butter like it is safe to say that these two the yin and the yang for all of their little peccadillos were a match made in heaven and to Burgess point like you don't see this that often ever in the NFL for that fact because there is you're never going to find a quarterback besides Brady that is willing to take a pay cut year Thank in you. and year out and stay with that franchise and and, and you know have them build around on the defensive side of the football, or, you know, like that time when they started rebuilding, what was it, uh, 08, whenever Randy Moss came in, where Bill finally came in and and said, damn the torpedoes, we're going to trade for Randy Moss, we're going to bring him in, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, we're going to do the other thing. And, you know, I don't think anybody in in New England is going to trade in the last 20 years because of 16 games right now. There's not going to be one person that is going to just start writing the obituary for Bill Belichick. Like, this was just a bad year. This is a shoulder year at this point. Like I said, Cam Newton's going to come back. Or, hell, you can – you know, if Cam Newton or if he if he lays an egg and they roll with Stidham, you go with Stidham next year. You bring in a couple of free agent quarterbacks. You – 
hell, you could draft a quarterback of 15 if you really wanted to and, and rebuild through free agency like they did you, with the Randy Moss years. Like, that, that's not beyond the realm of possibility here. Listen, you have I'm, saying that, I'm saying that Bill Belichick's the greatest head coach of all time and, and Don Shula is one of the greatest head coaches of all time. You have to, you have to give Bill Belichick here – Three years, including this year. You have to give him three years, maybe four, because of all the extenuating circumstances that came across the NFL in 2020. COVID, no fans in the stands. That all plays into it. That all plays into into how they went. Truncated offseason. You can't have it. Exactly. You can't install, yeah. you can't install yeah. an offense with a new quarterback through Zoom meetings. I'm, Agreed. I'm, I do Zoom meetings all day, and I can barely focus. And I'm talking Zoom, about aviation, yeah, like, for Christ's sake. You're going to try to learn – through through a base offense or a timing base offense with Josh McDaniels, I would agree. I would agree if Cam Newton didn't look so bad. If Cam Newton didn't know what play to call, where the protection was coming from, with mental errors, fine. But the fact that Cam Newton can't even get the ball to his receiver, that's what frustrates me the most. Like at some point, How's that Bill's fault? Who's who's starting him? Who is starting Cam Newton? We've been talking about this for four weeks now. Is is Stidham ready yet? That's the, that's the question. They, well, they well, obviously then, saw something in Stidham that well, they don't well, then, want him well, to then go. The other question past that is, if Stidham isn't ready, then how much of a colossal failure has the quarterback position been this year for, for Bill Belichick? Because oh, you it, can't have it all, 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 your, all the way you want it to be, man. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you. The quarterback position has been a colossal failure this year. The Cam Newton experiment failed. Failure. It failed. It failed. All right? But you, you have to take into account everything. What, when was Cam Newton signed? It was like in July, wasn't it? End of yeah. June, July? It signed like three weeks before training but camp. None of that training, training camp, camp didn't even really happen. But there was no are, preseason. You guys are missing my point. My point is, well, we're also forgetting not, the fact that they not, led the league in opt-outs. Exactly. It's like you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't blame Bill Belichick for that. So now, no, so I'm, now I can't even blame Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick for having a quarterback that he starts for 16, 17 weeks straight that he knows is probably costing him games, but he's not going to try to make a move off of that. Yeah, but I the defense is costing games too. I'm not saying I'm not saying that you can't criticize him. I'm not saying that you can't you can't be upset that he didn't play Stidham earlier. I'm one of those people that said play Stidham. Let's go. Stop being arrogant all, all and play it. But that's that what Bill Belichick is. It's never Belichick's fault. It's everybody else's fault. No, he no. always makes the rules. No. He's the one that, you know, essentially, I'll do what's best for the team, but I'll define no. what's best for that team, essentially. Like, there's nobody yeah. keeping Belichick in check here. And this is a failure on Robert Kraft's part as well, where he's let this ego and this egomania kind of balloon out of control now. And now yeah. he's, had this, he's had this Patriots uh, organization at, at hostage now. I mean, yeah, I, but the poor... I absolutely... I was going to say, like, the polar opposite of that is you have Jerry Jones. Like, you, you have an owner that meddles too much in, in, in you know, business and in, 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 uh, personnel decisions. And really, the, the one time that he, he wielded the big stick was when they, they traded Jimmy Garoppolo, which is an episode for another day. But, you know, th- this whole trio, like Kraft, Belichick, Brady, like, this is something, not just in football, like, you don't see that in any other type of sport. Like, Agreed. I think the closest you're going to get is you're going to get the Chicago Bull years with with um, with uh, fucking Phil Jackson and Michael Jordan. And I guess what, what – who the hell is that guy's name? The, the, the cheapest owner in NBA history at that point. 
And then maybe the Boston Celtics with Red Auerbach and, and just being the general manager and the, the, the head coach at the same time. Like, you don't see this throughout any other, any other facet of sports. Like, this was lightning in a bottle at this point for this franchise. And, no, Jay, you're right. Like, Belichick does deserve blame. Absolutely. And I'm saying this oh, as a guy without a dog in a fight, I'm saying that Belichick deserves blame. But you also can't ignore the extenuating circumstances of led the league in opt-outs, no offseason, offense is based on timing and precision routing, and Cam Newton, the, the one year where he had a good season for completion percentage was the one year where, where he played under North Turner. Uh, the lack of skill position, again, that goes back to Bill Belichick as the general manager, but they've never really addressed the offense and free agency, and that's why Brady split. It was probably for the best for everybody. Agreed. Again, 100% agree. Season, shoulder season. As a guy, division rival, I'm sitting here, sitting here on December 22nd with the expectation that this team is going to rebuild in free agency because they have a bunch of cap space, and this is probably going to be a damn the torpedoes 2.0 a la the Randy Moss years. Well, let's let's move on to the Bills Patriots preview real quick before we jump into the other four games. But you know, you've got the Bills coming in to New England. You know, they the Bills actually put up a fan uh, billboard right down the street from uh, Patriots. Why Place. I hate their fans. <laughs> so, how do you guys see this game playing out uh, on Monday Night Football? Lay the points. Lay the six. Like, mm-hmm. you know. I, I just we haven't seen enough from this New England Patriot team. You know, I, I get it. At the beginning of the year, this game went down to the wire, and they, you know, it was a Cam Newton fumble that that kind of was the turning point in the game. But with what the Buffalo Bills defense is doing right now, they're gelling on all fronts. Josh Allen's grooving. The the <laughs> stuff Stephon Diggs Allen connection is, is is unreal at this point. And lay the points. Lay the six. Bird, what you got? Uh, I'm going to go with the Bills in this game. I got no faith that the Patriots yeah. are going to win anything here. I mean, I'd love to see what Jarrett Stidham has to do against a legit team, but who knows if we're going to get that. Maybe they look completely different. But uh, to your point, Jay, I think uh, I think you and Puma talked about this on your ride to New Jersey, but I think uh, Bill Belichick might be getting a little happy feet to see if, if Stidham comes out here and, and, and performs well that he may have made the wrong decision early on. I, you know, I can't pick against, uh, you know, the Buffalo Bills are rolling right now. I, you know, as much as it kills me to, 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 to pick against my heart in this game, uh, you know, I think the Bills are going to win. I mean, I, I like to think that the Patriots defense is going to slow down the Bills offense in this game. I just don't think the offense can, can do enough to score any points as proven in the last couple of weeks. Well, it all depends on which defense shows up for the Patriots, right? Is it going to be, you know, we can't really rely on this defense on a week-to-week basis. If it's going to be that defense that showed up against the Rams or um, the Miami Dolphins, then it's going to be an ugly, brutal slaughterhouse. But, you know, I do think at the end of the day, the defense is going to show up and provide a little bit of resistance. They're going to keep it close to about a quarter, quarter and a half that the pride talk and then eventually it's going to be a 10 point uh 10 point victory for the bills so this is actually going to be my ticket to the bank i'm going to take it to the bank with the buffalo bills money line over the new england patriots and it sucks to say that but at this point it seems like an easy bet and let's move on to the week 16 previews. We've got the 9-5 Miami Dolphins against the 7-7 Las Vegas Raiders. Both teams are playing for a playoff position. Pumo, who you got to win this game? Uh, I mean, God. As much as I've said the, the, the Dolphins haven't had an offensive identity, I, I just 
I like this defense a little bit more against the uh, the Las Vegas Raiders offense. Granted, we don't know who's going to be at quarterback. Derek Carr had a, a pretty bad groin injury. He's trying to come back and play by, by all accounts from any medical expert. Uh, the kind of pull that he had, it's a 10-day it's a kind of recovery window. He's going to be right on the edge. Um, but Marcus Mariota looked great against the Chargers. Uh, but I, I have the Dolphins winning this game. Hopefully, uh, Jakeem Grant and, and uh, Devontae Parker come back, but they both had kind of soft tissue injuries. That's what's hampered them. And, I mean, that's what hampered Devontae Parker throughout his entire career is hamstring issues. But, you know, this defense – this defense has been great at times. If they're able to establish the pass rush, I think they may have a little bit of an uphill battle, especially against Trent Brown, uh, the former Patriot on the defensive uh, offensive line, I should say for the Las Vegas Raiders. But um, I mean, if you take away Darren Waller from this offense for the Raiders, you're, you're left with, you know, Nelson Aguilar who had a case of the dropsies on, on Thursday versus the chargers. And then maybe you know, Henry Ruggs takes the top off of defense one time. But I, I, I have faith in the Dolphins in this game. Uh, Dolphins are favored by two and a half as of recording December 22nd. Uh, the over-unders at 48. I kind of like the under this game, but I'm laying the points with the Dolphins at two and a half. Yeah, listen, man, I think I'm going to take the Dolphins to win this game as well. I think there's a lot going on in Raiderland that I don't like, man. Um, you know, Marcus Murray is going to be starting just because I think uh, the groin injury is pretty severe for, for Derek Carr. He might not come back for the rest of the year, depending on how severe it is. Um, but I, I think the, the Raiders are trending downward, man. Um, they just can't seem to get out of their way over the last few weeks. Um, at one point, this team was hot, right? They were 6-2 at one point, Puma, right? If I have the Oh, yeah. I, mean, I, I went on. A, I I had them as a dark horse playoff team, mm -hmm. and now it looks like they're just limping to the playoffs. So listen, that defense is absolutely atrocious. You know, we just saw Justin Herbert torch these guys this past Saturday, uh, Thursday night, um, and I think that you know Miami Dolphins are going to have their way with with the with the Raiders. I think this might get a little bit on the ugly side, and when I say ugly, I mean by ten points. But in the NFL, that's that's a that's a big you know kind of a blowout win. So I think I'm gonna go with the the Miami Dolphins here, man. Do you think this goes over forty eight? Like I, I feel like that might be a high number. Well, twenty four points this game. a team. Yeah, that might be a high number. Uh, both teams like to stay in that you know twenty twenty four point range. So I think I would take the under on on the over under on this one. All right, all right. What do you, what do you say, Burge? You know, I, I think a lot of it's going to come down to who's playing quarterback for the uh, the Las Vegas Raiders going into this game here. Um, you know, I love what Josh Jacobs and you know, you know, their offense brings to the table. But like you said, their their defense has been hasn't been great the past few weeks. Um, I forget what the spread was in this game, Puma. If you could two enlighten me, two, two and, and a half. half. Dolphins. Uh, Dolphins are favored by two and a half points. I I think it's going to be a close game. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, with the Raiders in this game, especially if Mariota plays quarterback for them. I like what he's he's bringing to them, and I think that. You know, you might have a little bit of a co quarterback controversy in in Oakland. Or sorry, Las Vegas. I gotta get used to saying they that. They should be in Oakland. You're not wrong. Yeah, yeah. I know. Well, even yeah, John Gruden yeah. can't tell anymore because he went out there with, <laughs> yeah, an with, Oakland, the yeah, yeah. with an Oakland Raiders hat. So I mean, we'll forgive you. <laughs> no, it's all good. Um, you know, I you know I like what he brings there. You know, I mean, he balled out and his you know when he came in in relief. Um, he did look good. I, I'm going to go with the Raiders to win this game, and I, I, if the over/under is 48, I'm gonna, I would, I would smash. I think I would take the under in that game. 
Yeah. Well, I think the one thing I want to watch is I want to see how defenses adjust to Marcus Mariota because typically speaking, when a running quarterback comes into a game, there's not much film on it, film on him, especially if he hasn't played in that offense in a while. Um, so I think that he got the upper hand against the Chargers uh, on that day. But I want to see if he can uh, sustain that uh, level of uh, high qu- quarterback play. So so we'll see how that pans out. But let's move on to the next game. We've got the Philadelphia Eagles at 4-9-1 and taking on the Dallas Cowboys in oh, 5-9. and um, Who do you got win this game, Puma? Jesus, it's the NFC least. But mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> can, can I tell least? you how mad it makes me that a probably a six, maybe seven win team is going to get in the playoff and host a playoff game? Yep. This is God. You got to love the NFL, man. This oh, is the greatest. God. Jay, you say it all the time. This is your trademark. This is the greatest reality TV show of all time. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's I mean days of our lives. <laughs> th- that that is very true, my man. That is very true. But I mean. The, the, God, the, the Eagles are coming off of a it, a loss, but they took the Cardinals to the limit. Jalen Hurts balled out in this game, 24-44, mm-hmm. 338 yards, three touchdowns, 11 rushes for 63 yards and one TD. And, Jay, we were talking about this. I mean, he, he kind of did the get-off-me-fool moment with Buda Baker. Mm-hmm. I mean, this dude is, is a strict power lifter. I think, what is he, squat like 9,000 pounds? That's yeah, like 700 shit. pounds, man. I mean, this dude is an absolute savage. Uh, but, you know, Miles Sanders, 17 rushes, 64 yards, one reception for 26 yards. The, the only issue I have is the, the defense for the Eagles is still such a liability. And, and and that's not saying a whole lot because the Dallas defense is just an absolute dumpster fire. I, I know they had four turnovers against the – now we find out a wounded Nick Mullins with an elbow injury. He's not going to be playing for San Francisco – the rest of the season, uh, Andy Dalton, 19-33 for 209 yards and two touchdowns. Tony Pollard filled in, filled in for Ezekiel Elliott. And all season long, let's be honest, I don't think any one of us is going to disagree that Pollard has been the better running back this mm-hmm. season compared to mm-hmm. Zeke Elliott. 12 rushes, 69 yards for two touchdowns, six receptions for 63 yards. Uh, I mean, God, the, the, the spread in this game, I know that the stats have been updated, but I, I kind of like the the Eagles in this game. It's a two point spread. The Eagles are favored by two points. Over unders at forty nine and a half. God, it's not saying much, but like I lean Eagles. Mm-hmm. I lean Eagles. If I have to bet this game, I'm not touching this game at yeah, all. But like it's, I, it's I too, pick the Eagles to win. It's very close to call. Uh, Bird, you got win this game, man. Puma, I'm, 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 I, I echo your sentiment here. Um, I, if I was actually a gambling man on sports right now, I, I would stay the hell away from this one. Um, look, I loved what Jalen Hurts brought to the table for the uh, for the Eagles last week against uh, the Cardinals. Obviously, they lost, but you know he had himself a day uh, in his starting debut for the Eagles. Um, I like Miles Sanders to have a big day against this Dallas defense. I mean, Dallas is one of the worst rush defenses in the league. Um, it's just a matter of if the uh, coaching staff decides to to, to to lean on him in this one. Um, you know, the, the, the Dallas Dallas's defense is terrible, as I just said. Their offense, they're so hit or miss. Obviously, Zeke Elliott's struggles and injuries have in play. Tony Pollard actually helped me win my fantasy week uh, this week, oh, which so we'll get mad. into in a little bit. Uh, Last-minute pickup and start uh, there. But, you know, I, I like the Eagles to win this game, too. I mean, I... I just I think it's a dumpster fire this game you know both teams are just not very good all around but you know if, if I was gonna gonna go with it 
I, I would take the Eagles in this one. Um, hopefully Jalen Hurts can continue to, to succeed, and maybe uh, Carson Wentz ends up on the trade block at the end of the year, but that's uh, kind of unlikely. Yeah, man, listen, I'm going to take the Eagles as, as well. Um, I, I've been a fan of Jalen Hurts. Um, I think, you know, the Eagles are doing the right thing. I think yeah, this is going to be their long-term answer. Um, and you were banging that drum draft day. This I isn't was. Jay being a bandwagon guy. Jay listen, was, I, Jay, this is on the record. You were, I, you were on I wanted, the bandwagon. I wanted the Patriots to take him, man. I wanted Patriots to take him because I think he is a perfect Bill Belichick guy. He, and you guys don't watch much football in college, but when you go to Alabama, you essentially, you know, you come in, you win the starting quarterback job, you become a captain, you win the SEC, you take him to the playoffs, you take him to the championship game, and then you get cut, right, which is, you know, absolutely horrendous when you're a college quarterback, but then you go to another blue blood in Oklahoma, and you you essentially you win the starting quarterback job. You do the same exact thing over again. You go get the core, get the captain position. You win the uh, Big Twelve team to the playoffs. Like that is absolutely massive to to do that uh, in two different um, college programs. So I, I I knew immediately this guy has great leadership skills. He's going to be good in the NFL. Listen, his arm isn't you know. Yeah, Justin Herbert, uh, Josh Allen kind of arm, but it is good enough. It's good enough. But I think what I like about him the most is that he is a physical runner, right? And the best way I can equate this is he's kind of like a Derrick Henry at the quarterback position. Obviously not as big, but it is going to be hard for you to tackle him because the guy, like you said, does bench about 700 pounds. He's not like a Colin Murray kind of runner where one hand will get him on the ground. He looks like he's short, but he's very stout and strong. So um, I like I like Jalen Hurts, man. Um, you know, I'm buying into him. I was hiring him before the draft. I wanted the Patriots to take him. Um, but I think that the Eagles are doing the right thing, and they're going to win this game on uh, on Sunday. So, But moving on, we've got the 9-5 Los Angeles Rams against the 10-4 Seattle Seahawks. Pumo, he got to win this game. I got to vent about the goddamn Rams real quick. Go for it, man. I got I got to vent about the goddamn Rams. Okay, listen. This is, this is sports better branding coming out real quick. So I, I had a three-team teaser. I did this. I, I discussed this on the little Instagram video that I put up where normally you do two teams, but I was feeling particularly froggy this week, and I, I did a I, I teased the, the Rams down to 11.5 points. I teased the Packers down to 2.5, and, and I teased the, the Ravens down to, I want to say, 8 points. Either way, Packers, Ravens cover. The Rams are playing the Jets, and I know, I know that that Jared Goff is the definition of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, but I'm like, it's the Jets, it's Sean McVay, the boy wonder head coach. We're gonna we're gonna figure out a way to scheme this offense up, and you should be able to cover eleven and a half points. And my God, like it's a good thing I was working on Sunday because I I almost I, I was ready to flip some flip the desk down here. They, they lost to the New York friggin' Jets, and I, I couldn't I couldn't believe it. it. It looked like the only person that was playing hard was was Aaron Donald. Uh, Aaron Donald, Donald fucking had a day, but Aaron Donald on the defensive side of the football. I mean, they, they you know when when the ages wonder Frank Frank Gore is rushing for a first down to to secure the victory and is actually catching balls out of the backfield. And Sam Darnold is making a case to keep his job and throwing dimes to Ty Johnson. I, I, I lost it. When I saw that Ty Johnson touchdown pass, I, I said to myself, brother, this is gonna be this is gonna be a rough day at the office. You you are gonna lose your shirt in this friggin' parlay because of the goddamn Rams. And 
I, I just couldn't believe it. But with all that being said, the Seattle Seahawks had no business having the Washington football team hang mm-hmm. uh, in the Sunday football uh, in the Sunday matchup they had uh, this week. Uh, you know, Russell Wilson. He kind of had a head-scratching interception in the game, went 18-27, 121 yards, one touchdown, one pick. The play calling was kind of head-scratching as well, too. They kept running uh, Car- uh, Chris Carson into a brick wall. I I, I think this is a bounce-back game for the Rams. Uh, we, we saw this a couple of weeks ago where Jalen Ramsey shut down uh, DK Metcalf. I, I think this is going to be must-see TV between those two guys. Uh, the point spread right now is at a point and a half, but I know Burge, we got this game at Rams plus two, uh, but I'm, I'm taking the Rams in this game. Is, uh, is DK Metcalf uh, healthy with his hamstring? I did not. I don't think a practice report came out yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless Burge, you we're both managers of DK Metcalf, unless you have different info. I don't think we got a, a practice report yet for, for Metcalf at this point. I, I, he's not showing his tag with questionable yet. No, I mean, but I, he did have a bad hamstring him. pull, right? Yeah. He had a pretty bad hamstring pull. Yeah. Well, you know, going into this game here with the Rams and the Seahawks, um, you know, this is actually going to be my take it to the bank bet for the week. Um, it's going to be my first time picking with the spread here. Um, pew, pew, pew. You know, I'm going to go with the Rams here, um, you know, with the two points. Wasn't it two and a half, Puma? We got it at – what the – I want to say we got it at – I think it's two and a half, yeah. My little bet slip. I think we did get it two you know, and a half. I just I, – I, I don't see the Rams, um, you know, having such a letdown again two weeks in a row. Um, I think they're going to be up for this game. They know that the uh, – their playoff lives and the division are on the line um, in this game here. I like I like the Rams defense to bounce back with Ramsey and Donald, uh, you know, wrecking havoc for for Russell Wilson and you know if healthy DK Metcalf. Um, and you know the, the Seattle defense is you know they, they they've done a little bit better uh, this season as it's gone along. But uh, you know Cam Akers, I don't even know if he's gonna if he's gonna play in this game. But I think he's um, out. I think they he, already ruled yeah. him out. But even so, they've you know they've they, they can they can roll with Malcolm Brown and in in Henderson in this game and, and you know off with 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 Woods and Cup can can, can do enough against the Seattle defense uh, the secondary that you know has shown itself vulnerable throughout the year this year. I like the Rams in a bounce back game here, um, you know against the Seahawks. Take it to the bank uh, plus two and a half. Actually, yeah. quick update: we got it at Rams plus two. Oh, nice. But I, I, I still like, like it. Points. I still I like it. I think they cover it. I think they cover yep. that for sure. Yeah, I'll, listen, I'll take the Rams as well here, man. I, I think <laughs> I cannot believe the Rams lost to the God, winless God New York Jets. It. Even worse, I cannot believe the New York Jets gave away Trevor Lawrence like that. I like, love, it. My God. love it. Love oh, it. Oh, my God. The Jets are going to jet. But, listen, I, it was kind of a weird win for the Seattle Seahawks against the uh, Washington football team on Sunday, you know, 2015. At one point, Russell Wilson didn't cross the 100-yard mark through the year until what, like early fourth quarter. Yep. Um, and like the Seahawks, and then the uh, football team was actually mounting a comeback. And then the three sacks that uh, the the Seattle Seahawks came up with essentially uh, iced the game. So listen, I, I wasn't very pleased with what I saw uh, the Seahawks, but 
I, I, I'm starting to get a little worried about the Rams, man. Like they, they, I thought they were peaking at the right time when they beat the Ram, uh, with the pack, uh, the Buccaneers. I'm sorry. Um, I thought they were going to be a team to kind of watch out for in the NFC, but like you know, week in and week out, you see this team being so inconsistent. So uh, I think I'm gonna roll with the Rams here uh, in that regard. But let's move on to the final game. It's going to be the Tennessee Titans at 10 and 4 versus the Green Bay Packers 11 and 3. Pumo, he got win this game. Uh, God, I mean. The Titans defense is just so bad. Like, they, they can't generate a pass rush. And Jadavian Clowney, I think he's done for the year. He had a knee surgery uh, done, I want to say, maybe two weeks ago. Um, but, I mean, Tannehill had himself a day against the uh, against the Detroit Lions. I think he had, what was it, like five, five total touchdowns, two on the ground, yep. three through the air. Uh, Derrick Henry had himself a day. He stole somebody's soul again. Who tried to tackle him up high and just you know did this bitch get off me kind of stiff arm and <laughs> knocked him into the next year but i mean god the titans are three and a half point dogs on the road against the packers like i'm i'm feeling froggy i just i don't i don't have any faith in this green bay packer defense shutting anything down um i, I I'm, I'm kind of rolling with the tennessee titans in this game uh I, I think they could definitely cover the three and a half i think they could possibly win outright because it's going to be cold up in green bay and nobody's going to want to tackle a running refrigerator with like four four speed mm-hmm. and, and built like a brick shit house in the way that derrick henry is the over under is at 56 i i feel like that number's right i kind of like the under in this game but give me tennessee i just i, I have faith in derrick henry at this point uh, I'm kind of with, uh, um, uh, you know, Green Bay's defense throughout the year statistically has given up, you know, they're, they're pretty, they're, they're, they're not in the they're middle high of the league in terms of yardage given up to both rushing and passing, um, you know, to, to opposing offenses. And, you know, the Aaron Rodgers effect is real. I know he got, you know, early in the year, he got beat up by, by the Buccaneers. And, you know, it's, you know, they, they have an, uh, a tendency to, to kind of let down. Um, I'm going to go with Green Bay in this game I because they're my Super Bowl pick, but I, this was a tough one for me to pick. I kind of see it as a toss-up. could go either way. If Derrick Henry can get going early uh, for this for this Tennessee Titans offense, that you know Green Bay could be could be in a spell of trouble uh, trying to trying to stop the offense because you know once he gets going, the offense works. Um, you know, like you said, Puma, the t- Titans defense, you know, not very great this year. Um, you know, the injuries as you laid out, um, Aaron Rodgers could pick them apart. I could see it very much happening. Uh, you know, this is why I didn't take it to the bank on this, this game. Uh, I kind of like green Bay, uh, it, to win it. And with you, uh, Puma, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of liking the under a bit here, but I would stay away from it if I was betting. Yeah, listen, I think I'm rolling with the Packers as well because, you know, the Tennessee Titans do have a bad defense. So the way I see this playing out is the Packers are going to go up early uh, on the uh, on the, uh, the Titans. And I think the one way you can negate Derrick Henry is by going up early and forcing Tannehill to throw yep. the ball, yep. essentially taking the ball out of Derrick Henry's hand. So I think that that's how it's going to pan out. Um, I am a little concerned with Russ Hall with the Packers because... Man, they barely won against the Panthers the other night in a 24-16 win, and the mm-hmm. Panthers do not have a good defense. 
Like I, I thought the the Packers were gonna walk all over the Panthers, but it was quite the obvious. Uh, quite the uh, on the other hand, it was just a close game. It was one possession with like a minute left or whatever it was. So uh, I'm rolling with the Packers here, but listen, I could see it going either way. But the real question I have is for you guys: Is Derrick Henry gonna Derrick Henry gonna get to that 2000? Uh, rushing yard mark because he's 321 yards short right now which is about 160 game 160 yards per in the next two games do you think he'll get that 2000 uh rushing title i think so i mean this this packers defense hasn't been able to stop a run since last year mm-hmm. uh, that, that that's really the reason why i have the titans winning this game is i think they can lean on this run game from derrick henry and just and just grind it out and i i wouldn't be surprised if he banged out 140 rushing yards, and I don't have it in front of me who the who they end the season with. But Texans. I, I think, oof. Oh God, yes. Get how many yards yep. does he need, Jay? 321 to 160 per game. I could Hell I like could that. see that happening. Yeah. Yep. Oh my God, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I'm with absolutely. you, Puma. I, I think he absolutely can hit it. Hell, um, we could get 160 yards the three of us against the Houston Texans. You fucking kidding me? <laughs> Fuck out. You know, I, I, I could see it happening. <laughs> I, I see a majority of that happening in in week 17. Like I said yep. about the Packers defense, but you know, I could definitely see that happening. All right, well, let's talk about some uh, some take it to the bank parlay action, Mr. Puma. What we got this week? So Jay, you know, through my through my bookie uh, the other day. I thought we were all talking about point spreads, so I thought you were uh, going to lay the, the points with Buffalo at six and a half. So I put Buffalo at six and a half uh, mm. point favorites in the, the take it to the bank parlay. So let's uh, let's hope they cover that spread. Uh, but real quick, uh, we have in the parlay, we're all doing point spreads this week. Uh, Jay against us. Well, my, my bad, Jay. I'm sorry. All good. Uh, we have the Rams now, plus two now points. Now, if they don't, uh, if my bet is If they you. don't win, that's on me. That's on, on me. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. That's on me. That, that That's not Jay Bust. You know, they can win, but if they don't cover the spread, that's on Brando. That's, that's <laughs> on me. But uh, Burge has Rams plus two points. I took the Dolphins laying two and a half. And uh, Jay Chima under duress uh, is laying six and a half points with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, some of my other best bets real quick. I like Indianapolis laying two and a half against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, they they, they lost uh, by uh, to the uh, the Cincinnati Bengals last night. They were 14 and a half point favorites, uh, and, and and they just laid an egg last night. And they haven't looked good the last three weeks. I think Indy wins uh, wins by a field goal at least in this game mm-hmm. against the Steelers. Uh, the Denver Broncos. I'm feeling froggy. I'm I'm taking the three and a half points. Uh, for the Broncos versus the Chargers, I, I I have zero faith in Anthony Lynn as a head coach. Mm-hmm. And let's be honest, Justin Herbert, for all of his accolades, he is due for a very costly turnover in the second half. And I think that could happen against Denver. I, Denver's defense is light years better compared to the Las Vegas Raiders. And I get it, not season long, but just the Raiders. I think the, de- the defense in Vic Fangio is better than uh, what rod marinelli had going on thursday versus the chargers i personally put a ticket in for buffalo bills laying the six and a half points i like the under in the uh tennessee titans game i have a ticket with that uh arizona cardinals i got them laying three and a half against the 49ers cj bethard is starting raheem Mostert's done for the year um george kittle might be back this week who knows but give me the cardinals they're clicking right now 
in the Washington football team. Now, for all of the little peccadillos that are going on with ownership right now, with the lawsuit settlement that came out a couple of years ago, and Dwayne Haskins going to the strip club after covering uh, the five-and-a-half-point spread uh, last week versus the uh, Seattle Seahawks, I still think Washington covers the two points versus the Panthers. I like the defense of, of the Washington football team. I think Alex Smith is going to be healthy enough to start this week. I think Terry McLaurin may have a day. Uh, and I, I just like the defensive front for Washington against this offensive line for the Carolina Panthers. I will gladly lay the two points for the Washington football team. Love it. Nice, nice. And then finally, let's do a little bit of a fantasy football with the Burge. All right. Well, you know, this was semifinal week for, for everybody uh, in fantasy football uh, world. Um, you know, I was in one myself, and, you know, I it was a tough week uh, going into it. You know, going Saturday, I'm facing Josh Allen, uh, and, and he lit it up in my league. My, my league scoring is a little different, but he put up 46 fantasy points. So I was in a bit of a hole going in. To end the day, I was banking on Eric Ebron not getting nine points and I'm never one to wish injury on somebody but I was glad to see him not return in that game against Pittsburgh or I'm sorry against Cincinnati on uh, last night Monday night so I ended up winning my uh, my matchup nine point uh, by a nine point victory 140 to 131 so I'm in the championship this week thank you Ryan Tannehill for the five five total touchdowns thank you Dalvin Cook for your day um so, you know, I'm I'm looking pretty good. How you guys looking uh, championship weekend? I'm out of it, bro. I was in the playoffs, but unfortunately I had a craptastic week, and I'm out of it now. So, fuck it. So, Burge, I, uh, my team was the Undertaker kicking out of the casket. That, that's really all I can describe my team as. I, I had Saquon Barkley. I lost him week two, and I had to make trades and, and be active on the waiver wire. To, to get the, the, the number three seed at seven and six. And a lot of, a, this was a competitive league. A lot of teams were at, you know, that six and six mark fighting for the last playoff spot. So you had to win to get in. Um, I would have beat my fiance, whose team name is Go Sports, because she doesn't have a, a team <laughs> affiliation. So I lost by 10 points. But here's my thing I, I would have been in great shape if Kiki QT would not have lost that fumble on the one yard line because I, I stacked QT with uh, Deshaun Watson oh. for the rest of the season. So if he comes down with that touchdown, it would have been close. I may have edged her out by like a hundredth of a point to punch my ticket. But like I had Jalen Hurts on my bench. I didn't know he was going to go off in this game. I should have probably put Antonio Brown over Mike Davis uh, against the green Bay Packers considering the team that they were playing. But, you know, for all of the little peccadillos, I don't really have any regrets for being 0-3 to kicking my way to the semifinals. But that 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 kind of did hurt. That kind of did hurt. And it didn't help that she had my, uh, my mother-in-law kind of troll me when she got <laughs> in the house. When she's like, hey, Brandon, guess what? And I'm like, hey, mom, like, what's happening? She's like, go sports. And I, like, I couldn't say anything. Ah, that's like, great. That's like, great. Like, I looked at her and I was like, mom, Never you got a free pass. Like, I can't even be upset. Like, I can't be upset at you for trolling me like that. But 
Damn, it did, now, Bernard, it did hurt a little bit. Now, Bernard, correct me if I'm wrong, but I've heard rumblings that your fiancé also left Ezekiel Elliott in the lineup. Yep, she did. And <laughs> you were going to bring that up, were you? <laughs> she did. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm kind of three glasses into 113 proof whiskey over here. But um, that's yeah, no, suck. she loved, she loved Zeke, and the kicker, Burge, you're gonna appreciate this too. Is uh, when I found out the Zeke news, I have the fantasy football, fantasy life app, which anybody that does fantasy sports, yep, you need absolutely. to have that. Need it, need it. Um, but I, I got the notification, but I was at work, so I went to go pick up Tony Pollard, right? Dude, I missed out by two minutes of picking up Tony Pollard and putting him in my lineup. (laughs) I was so pissed. Like, I texted the guy who was already in the championship game. Like, he was absolutely rolling. I'm like, Craig, I love and hate you at the same time. Like, I can't even be mad at you for picking this dude up. Look, that move, that move, sneaking in and picking him up. a whole lot of people right there. Saved me. It saved me, dude. It saved me. I picked him up Sunday morning. Once I saw Zeke was out, I got the notification from ESPN that he was out, and I was like, I need to see if Tony Pollard's available. He was. I picked him up and put him right in, and it it propelled me to a championship because if I don't play Tony Pollard, I I lose. So I feel you. So, Burge, like, on that note, real quick, I, none of us are in the, the big dance except for you. With, with all that being said, I don't know what kind of waiver wire moves you need to do. But, like, for you personally, what, what are you doing to try to, to punch your ticket to winning the championship? And, two, is it a two-week round, like ESPN standard, or are you, are, are you only doing one week and week 17 is kind of a wash? Like, how does your league do it? And I'm this guessing is... your league is six-point touchdown passing uh, if. i believe it is four point passing we get points if the quarterback goes over 300 yards passing. oh okay that's why it, josh it, allen it, had a high 40 yeah okay, yeah so you get that but but my league here is a one week championship um this league is kind of unique we play for points um through the actual super bowl so in terms of the money payout um you want to make sure you have playoff you know, teams that are going to the actual NFL playoffs um, on your roster to to kind of to, to, to win the most money. And um, I, I kind of abandoned that, that abandoned that uh, that mentality. I like to win fantasy football championships. And right. and, and that's kind of how I build my team. Towards. Cause, I mean, I got Dalvin Cook on my team, Josh Jacobs, um, you know, Hunter Henry, Tony Pollard, Ezekiel Elliott. And so my team's not exactly built to withstand the playoffs uh, to win the most money there. But, you know, in terms of in terms of dark horse waiver wire pickups, I mean, at this point, you shouldn't be relying on that. I mean, outside of an injury to a major starting running back, a la Tony Pollard this week. Um, for me, my biggest decision is who I'm going to play at my second wide receiver position. I got Devontae Adams. I have Cooper Cup. I have Keenan Allen. I have... Uh, Alan Lazard, DJ Moore. So that's going to be my decision. Luckily this week I made the decision after, you know, I prompted a few of my friends, including you guys, uh, you Puma specifically about should I bench Keenan Allen and it paid off. I benched him and, you know, saving, I mean, Cooper cup, I put in there, got me one, two points more than, than Keenan Allen did in in the, in the grand scheme of things didn't matter. But if I had, I played DJ Moore, I wouldn't have had to hope that Stonehands, Eric Ebron didn't, didn't get any points so 
But you know, it, it, at this point, it's lineup decisions. If you you know, if you get a major injury out of a player, um, I don't think there were any real true major. I mean, the DK Metcalf thing's kind of concerning if you have him uh, in your championship matchup. But um, yeah, at this point, if you're relying on a waiver wire pickup outside of a kicker or defense, uh, you you might be in a little bit of trouble. Gotcha. So you're you're taking the wait and see last minute approach, I guess. Yeah, I mean that's what it is. You got to kind of wait and yep. see, play the matchups going into your championship, and and kind of hope it falls your falls your way. But as we all know, fantasy football is a bit of a crapshoot. You know, you, yeah, it's you like dating your a best. German chick. It's yep, like dating you, a German chick. You, you know, you might love her, but she might not love you back. Exactly. It's just like wow. put, you put your God. best lineup. You put your Where best lineup out there, from? and that's it. <laughs> Perfect. Wow. Now, Burge, Burge, real quick, what's what's the payout if you if you hit the if you win the ship? What's what, what are we talking about here, dinero wise? To be honest with you, I don't even know. <laughs> hey, then you then you better win. You better win. You better come on the podcast next week saying, "Hey, look, I won like millions of dollars or some shit." Look, I joined a league, uh, a different league, like three. I think it was three years ago. I won the first two championships. I was paid out, I think, eight hundred bucks or seven hundred bucks a year on that and then i Damn. lost in the cha- i lost in the championship for a three-peat and uh i still took home some money but it wasn't as much and then you know this year my team was on a bit of a rebuild like the uh, new england patriots this so is I didn't dynasty the playoffs right? this th- th- this one i'm talking about is not dynasty no this is just oh, gotcha. a, okay, okay. Uh, an auction three keeper league where you pay 10 more to keep them and you know, I had Michael Thomas. I had Todd Gurley through his prime, and uh, Melvin Gordon also with with the Chargers when he was really good, really cheap, and that's what got me through, helped me get those uh, those those championships. But you know, my dynasty teams failed this year. You know, I dynasty is a whole different animal. We can talk about it on a different podcast in the off season, but but uh, but yeah, this this is a standard redraft one keeper where you draft them. And, uh, you know, I've been in the championship two years in a row. I lost last year. I'm hoping this year I can I can close it out. Well, I w- we want to hear the dollar value that you bring home to the uh, the Pro Football Radio podcast. So oh, I'll find that out. Don't worry. You better, you better find out. Um, damn. Cool, cool. <laughs> um, all right. I want to get to one last thing before we jump off the line. Oh, here. boy. Oh, here we go. <laughs> hey, hey, real quick, Jay. We have to be at Joe Rogan-esque podcast at this point, right? Oh, 92 minutes, but I've given oh, fuck up it. on... Let's, let's I've go. given let's up go, on babe. trying to put any sort of containment on this podcast. Let's go. Listen, fuck when, it. When, Damn when the, the torpedoes. Content, when the content flows, let the content flow, you know? Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. So I'm sure you guys, you got. I'm sure you guys saw the news of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers... Um, well, I'm sorry, the 49ers... Um, signing away Josh Rosen from the Buccaneers uh, practice squad. So what do you think is the top process for Kyle Shanahan uh, behind bringing Rosen to the 49ers? Is it strictly in a backup role? Is there some sort of, hey, maybe Jimmy G isn't our guy yet? Like, what's your thought? What are you thinking the thought process is for Kyle Shanahan? Jimmy G to New England. Oh, God. Besides that. (laughs) All right. Let's stick with me on earth here. Um, So, Jimmy G's not coming back this season because of an ankle injury. To some people, it's air quote ankle injury. Nick Mullins has has an elbow issue. He's getting surgery. He's shut down for the year. Their only only healthy quarterback is C.J. Beathard. Like, you need a body... If, if Josh Rosen's the guy with the pulse, that worst case, break glass in case of emergency, he fills in for C.J. Beathard, then 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 God bless you. 
Um, but I, I, I'm not reading too much into that. I think it's just a you need a body with the pulse at that point that can throw the football and read a play sheet. Yeah, I th- listen, man, I, I think this might be the beginning of the end for Jimmy G, man. Like, I, it's uh, it's starting to look like Jimmy G is not going to play for the rest of the year uh, because obviously they're out of the playoffs and it makes no sense for him to come back. But, you know, like, I still can't get out of my mind last year. They actually actively went after, well, they didn't actively go after Tom Brady, but they had conversations about bringing Tom Brady in, but they decided not to do it. But yeah, even and have, Sean even, Payton had conversations with even, Tom Brady, too. Yeah, but when John Lynch goes out there and actually says it, like I mean, that just adds adds some uh, some major fuel to that speculation fire, right? Um, wasn't that like wasn't that back when Jimmy was traded? Wasn't wasn't uh, wasn't didn't John Lynch ask about Brady at that point? Is that is that what you're thinking of, or was like there actual? No, he asked no, last, about him in the off season too. No, this oh, last okay, past off okay, season, there okay. was a report out. John Lynch actually went on radio and said, hey, we actually talked to Tom Brady to bring him into San Francisco, but eventually we okay. stuck with uh, Jimmy G. So, listen, I think there's a lot of smoke there, man. And, you know, I, I, I hate to admit it, but Burge might be right here with his thought process. Like, I think Jimmy G might be up for grabs at the end of the year if they see anything out of value out of Josh Rosen. Um, I've, I've been under the, uh, you know, uh, the, the mindset that Kyle Shannon was never really sold on Jimmy G. Um, you know, there's always these reports out there that he never really trusted him with his decision making. Um, so listen, anything can happen in the NFL. We've seen far strange things happen, but I think I think if Josh Rosen shows anything, which is a tall, tall, tall ass, truthfully, because Josh Rosen hasn't shown anything at all, uh, this might be the end of the Jimmy G in, the, in uh, San Francisco. Not process Burge. Uh, Here we go. I, I'm with you there. I mean, I've been kind of saying this all year. In terms of uh, Garoppolo not being in San Francisco next year, I know Puma disagrees with me. Um, you know, I think he's due quite a bit of money. I mean, his dead cap hit from this year to next year. I mean, his dead cap hit next year is only two point eight million dollars um, if they cut him. Um, his salary is uh, let's see twenty six four if he's on the roster. Um, so. Uh, this very well could mean that they, they want to move on and reset the position. I mean, he kind of let them down in the Super Bowl last year when they needed him. And um, I, I see I see a legit potential that he's going to be on the free agent market come come March. I know, I, Puma, I know you disagree. I can hear it in your, uh, in your sighing over there. But, you know, it, it could make sense for them if they don't think that he is a long-term solution for that for that franchise and they want to reset it now, um, you know, who better to do it with than a former first round pick that you can kind of take a flyer on. Oh God. Listen, I'm the biggest, I'm the biggest Josh Rosen defender. And even I'm saying this move was just to have a person with the pulse to fill in behind CJ. I won't, I won't disagree with you on that, but it kind of fuels the fire. It fuels the fire. I mean, the talk has been around. You know, they know they don't owe Jimmy G all that much money after this, after this season, and you know, you see the writing on the wall. If they, if they want to move on, now's the time to do it in San Francisco. Just cut ties. You free your cap up and go a different direction. And you know, say what you want. Josh Rosen, he's brought in week Unless... sixteen of the year. He's brought in week 16 of the year. You know, he's not going to do anything with the team this year. But if they think that they might be able to do something with him, and you have Nick Mullins coming back next year, who 
he's you can say what you want about him. I mean, he he hasn't looked great. He hasn't looked horrendous either. So I think you know, I think if Kirk Cousins if Kirk Cousins becomes uh, like a free agent somehow out of Minnesota and he goes to obviously there's rumblings that he goes to San Francisco. He has a connection with with uh, with Kyle Shanahan yep. from his days out in Washington. Then then I would buy that that stock in moving on from Jimmy G. But I mean, listen, the, the a, a former first round pick that has had you know kicked to the curb by the Arizona Cardinals had a cup of coffee with the Miami Dolphins was on the practice squad with with uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers I no I, unless Kirk Cousins is becoming available in free agency I, I think Jimmy G is coming back to the Bay Area next year so as you much think as they're pays all, all Mikey, in on him. Mikey P I mean I, I I just think because of how complex the offense is for for Kyle Shanahan with that West Coast offense on steroids, unless a person familiar with that offense, a la Nick Mullins, well, how, yeah, but Nick it, Mullins, Nick Mullins looked like dog shit against the, the the Dallas Cowboys, and he looked brutal the week before against the Buffalo Bills. I mean, I know they had a, a whole lot of love for Nick Mullins going into the season. A couple of teams inquired about trading for him. But, I mean, unless Kirk Cousins becomes available, is familiar with that offense, I'm, I'm, not, well, listen, I'm not buying how, that sock. How hard and complex is the offense if you turn around and hand it off 65 times, you know? Like, yeah, I mean, but if uh, that, yeah, but look at that Look at that game against the – I know I, I have an idea of what game you're referencing, Jay. And, like, look at, look at the Green Bay Packers defense last year. Like, the, the San Francisco 49ers are still – Running on that Green Bay Packers defense right now. I mean, if if that if that is the weak point of your defense, your job as an offensive coordinator and as a head coach is to attack your your opponent's weakness. If they can't stop the run, then keep running the fucking football until they stop you. And if they can't stop you, and you just hand the football off forty five times, then so be it. Okay, all right. I, I'm just saying, I I, I I like the move financially for the. 49ers. Oh yeah, they can definitely cut him without holding holding the bag. And that's 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 what's driving my seeing him on the free agent market come March this year is the the fact that they don't have to commit any dead cap hit to move on from him and you know you saw what it was last year and I just I, I see it happening. I'll take the L in March if I have to. It's going to be fun. Put it on the board. Mm-hmm. Put it on the board. Brando I've... says Jimmy G stays in the Bay Area. Everyone else says Jimmy G is going to New England. All right. So we're I never said hunt. that. I never said that. <laughs> oh, here we hunt. go. Now he puts his foot in the round. All right. All right, Burge. Well, listen, we're at 101 minutes. So let's wrap this Fuck up. Fuck it. <laughs> but to hell with it. Before we go, Puma, I got one last question for you. Here we go. Oh, boy. Here we go. What, what is this? Here we go. I'm just asking you a question. Can I ask you a question? I, I, I wasn't born last night, Jay. Here we go. <laughs> let's say, well, let's say this is, uh, you know, like late January, right? And uh, let's say hell is frozen over. And in the AFC Championship game, it's your new, your Miami Dolphins, right? And your Buffalo, <laughs> and your Buffalo Bills. Who are you supporting to win in that game? Because I think, yeah, I think you're leaning Josh Allen, right? 
I mean, I'm a Dolphins fan. Don't don't get me wrong. Like, I'm going to pull for my uh, team to win. Okay. No, yeah, but okay. listen, if you take an objective view, and also it kind of helps to have an objective view in sports betting, I hope you two are taking fucking notes. Hey, I won but, last night, okay? I won my over-under. I lost my parlay. You lost your parlay. You lost I won the over-under, okay? <laughs> yeah, but you still lost the parlay because you took Pittsburgh to cover 14 and a half points. <laughs> I told you that was too much. <laughs> No, I took the money line. I took the money line for Pittsburgh. And you still lost. <laughs> I know. Who the hell is supposed to know that? The, the I told you, Jay. I told you. I am not touching this game with the 10-foot pole. I am glad I talked myself out of betting that fucking football game. And you still put in an eight-leg parlay the Pittsburgh Steelers to just win outright. Who they haven't done anything the last three weeks, and an over/under in a game where the Steelers alone haven't scored 20 points over the last three weeks. I think they might they might have crossed that threshold last night. I, I'm a, I was a couple of whiskeys in that last night, so I didn't well, see I was the feeling, scoreboard. I was feeling froggy with my bookie hat. That was the issue. Yeah, well, goddamn, god, goddamn, where the that's, hat backwards that's, next time? That's the official uh, bookie hat. <laughs> pull your pull your LL Cool J. But I mean, no, no. I, I, I'm a realist. Our offensive line is still a problem. You, you need to establish the no, run I mean, at that's some point. Asking. That's not what I'm asking. I'm not asking yeah, about Yeah, and I'm, t- and I'm not, telling no, no, no. you. I'm not asking about analysis. I just want to know. No, but I'm telling heart, you, Jay. I'm telling you heart, that, like. Who do you want to win that game? Pick with your I heart, mean, not with your brain. Yeah, because no, we, we, we can sit here and analyze right, that right, game. If you, two, whole... you two are going to be bulliers. You can't have this conversation. Like, you need to look at this with stats. Listen, I wasn't a fan. your heart. Who you want to win that game? Deep down in my heart, like, I want the Dolphins to win. But really? at the that's, end always, of the day, that's, all I, that's all I ask for. No, man. no, 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 no. Hey, Donald Trump Jr., take it fucking easy over there. <laughs> you take it fucking easy just, over there. I'm just, you need I to look at this with stats. This is a stat-based business, so don't act surprised over there in Southbury that I'm staying this. But, like, you need to look at this with stats. We haven't had an offensive identity at all this year, especially with Tua Tagovailoa at the helm. And listen, I get it. He is the future of the franchise. But even still, he was a passenger in the win last week against the New England Patriots. He hasn't really been lighting up the scoreboard. He's been relying a lot on the defense. The defense has been balling out if they're able to establish a pass rush. We haven't had a run game, and the Buffalo Bills defense is clicking at the right time. And if, again, you can't establish a pass rush against this offensive line for the Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen's going to pick you apart, or he's going to roll out and rush for two touchdowns and have 50 yards on the ground. And, you know, my heart says I want the Dolphins to win, but realistically, and especially as a sports better, I think that the, the Buffalo Bills would cover, cover whatever point spread there is. And if they played in the AFC Championship game, I would say the point spread might be at least – the Buffalo Bills laying five, five and a half points. So let me Boom get up. this correct. If I got this correct, essentially what you just said was <laughs> you essentially somehow picked both teams. So essentially <laughs> no, we have no, no, Skip no. Bayless, you, we have Skip here Bayless we Jr. here on the podcast no. essentially no. playing both sides I of the fence. You, I asked right, you, well, simple, you, go. I asked you, you a simple go. question and you gave me a 20-minute soliloquy about how you can see both teams winning but your heart no, wants to I didn't say I could see both teams winning Jay if you want to rewind the tape and listen you said oh you're gonna pick with your heart well yeah obviously my heart is gonna say the Miami Dolphins but when Josh you Allen at, when you look at a factual standpoint we have no offensive line still we have no run game 
we are not one. We're not going to go to an AFC championship game unless every team that we play comes down with fucking COVID, which God forbid does not happen. Skip. I come do on, not skip. want that. I'm doing my best. Oh, really? Really? Right really? Colin Cowher writing quarterback. <laughs> Adam Jones Jr. Fuck out of here. <laughs> Fuck you and your horse you're rolling on with that bullshit. I'm, do, I'm doing my Puma. Shannon impersonation. Get, get the skip. fuck out of here. Skip. Puma. No. Skip. Puma. No. I share, like, I share if you're your looking heart. At this, if you're looking at this realistically. It was, it was a simple question. If you ask me. Well, yeah, yo, who, oh, now it's simple. Oh, you got to be. You gotta pick with your heart. Yeah, I said with my heart, I want the Dolphins to win. Realistically, the Buffalo Bills would probably Me win too. that game. Like, oh. what, what are we fucking talking about here? I, I thought it was a simple question. Apparently not. My oh, God, okay. All right. Well, well my, we my heart's with tape. yours, Puma. We can rewind the tape, and a simple question would be: Oh, whose fault is it? Uh, Tom Brady or Bill Belichick? Okay. Easy. We could do, do that. We could do another hour Easy. on the fucking New England Patriots for Christ's oh. sake. Let's let's go. Let's go. We'll have Joe Rogan s podcast. It'll be four hours. Alex uh, Jones style on the Pro Football Radio podcast. Easy. Listen, listen, I, <laughs> oh, now, now you two want to grab Pepto Bismo? Get, get the fuck out of here. Pepto Bismo. I, my heart is with you, Puma, in that game. Get out of here. God damn it. God damn it. I, I, I want to hear I, shit. I don't know where all this hate Fucking Asian from. provocateur over here I just, out not, of Southbury. It's that one twelve proof whiskey. Your name. Don't, don't, don't take out your internal frustration with me, man. I just asked. What internal question. frustration? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know what we are. I know what we are as a football team. We have not had a run game over the last two years. We have not. Devontae Parker was is the first player in NFL history to have a five-year breakout season because he didn't do anything the first four years under Adam Gase, which it's Adam Gase. You have to take that with a grain of salt. But we have not done anything over the I, last I like 20 years. You own a Josh years. Allen jersey. Like really and that's fine. Game respects really game. where he lands. But listen, I got I got it down. Listen, I have it written down here. If you know, if they meet in the AFC Championship game, you're gonna root for the Buffalo Bills. I'm sorry, my Amen. No, my Buffalo Bills. Yeah, he's rooting for the Dolphins. Bills. He's got the, he's got the Bills. Allen jersey. There right. we go. I'm not even gonna dignify right, you two jackasses. <laughs> we love you, Puma. You know we love you. All right, man. Listen, I think fucking we're done now. Bully, we're, Dan Bollier Jr. and Dan Bollier the second up in this fucking easy, easy. Oh, don't, don't even give me. Easy I, I I'm not a fan of all teams. Shit. I'm not a fan of all teams like I'm not like Bully always. Too, but hey, no, listen. When yes, you, you are. You, you love the Buffalo hang Bills. Hang on, hang on. When you're when you're when you finally start dabbling your toe a little bit more in the in the sports betting world, you're gonna understand. That it, at the end of the day, it comes down to making money. So if that means I have to lay five and a half points with the Buffalo Bills to make money at the end of the day, I am going to cop do out. that in a cop cocaine, out in a cocaine heartbeat. So cop out. I mean, okay, okay, Burge, talk, talk, talk to me when when we start dabbling the, the whole right foot in the in the pool of sports betting. I'll never do that. Right, Here we so go. I think we've had enough of this podcast. God, we're, God fucking we're, damn we're it. God forbid somebody uh, be a realist with real their quick. fucking team. <laughs> real quick. God forbid real quick. we do that. God forbid we take the 10,000-foot view of what our own individual football team is. Brennan, come, on, come on. Question, brother, man. Come Fuck on. Come on, man. Simple question. Think, simple think... question. Listen, uh, listen. Real quick, before you plug it up, I, want to, I, I want to, I want to give a shout out to my boy. Well, the guy that's that got me into fantasy football uh, at the beginning of the day, who's been chirping me all day about our bets 
in uh, yeah, in the, of the bank parlay. Bet the goddamn spread. You know what? You know what? I finally. You know what? Crunch. He's this guy has been huge influence in me playing fantasy football from day one, and he's been calling me out on our bets for the last four weeks. All right, this guy has been 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 there, you know, through everything with me from fantasy football. But I want him to know I took the spread this week because he called me out, and if I lose, it's because of him. And he he decided to take the Kansas City Chiefs money line this week because I. Oh really? Wait, 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 wait a minute. Favorite. Wait a minute. Your guy Crunch was busting your balls for not betting the spread, and he takes the Chiefs money line. Yeah, he's doing it. He's doing it to troll oh, me. He's doing mean, it to okay. troll me. He's doing it to you troll know, me. Because I, I, I would took... be taking the money line to Crunch if the Kansas City Chiefs <laughs> haven't covered the spread over the last five weeks. <laughs> Who's this Crunch guy? Who's this Captain Crunch guy? No, you he's, Crunch, he's, he's, I, I he's, a, he's a big part I, of my dynasty football league. And you know, Crunch, I haven't met you, and I like you. But if you if <laughs> you're gonna like start him. if you if you're gonna start throwing stones against my man Burge, then your ass better be better be laying down some freaking points. If your name, that's what I'm saying. If your name is halfway around me with Captain Crunch, I'm in, bro. You're my boy. <laughs> hey, he he's a great man. He's he's an awesome dude. He's he lay he the loves points, to, Crunch. Hey, be hey, a man. He, Hey, he's been one that's been responded to the podcast, so I respect I'm him for it. I love it. you, Crunch. I, res- I respect him for it. And, uh, you know, I took the spread this week, and I'm going to prove him wrong. So yeah, plug it up. Yeah. Of course, you take the Chiefs. Of course. Covered in five weeks. Anyways, this podcast, Pro Football Radio Podcast, can be found on SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, YouTube. This is go- definitely going to be a must-watch, must-listen-to episode of the podcast, especially during the Christmas holiday, and you got to start doodling, doing some traveling plans. Uh, social media-wise, Facebook, Instagram, Pro Football Radio Podcast, Twitter, at PFR Podcast. I'm at Brando underscore Puma on the, chi- uh, on the Twitter machine. Jay Chima is at Jay Chima. Burge is at Burge, the goalie on the Twitter machine. Like, subscribe, download, hit us up on social media. We're definitely going to be needing some uh, fan mail questions going into the offseason, going into the playoffs, when the field is starting to get whittled down. So definitely hit us up on all platforms. Wonderful. Listen, that concludes Podcast 73. Um, looks like we might have some technical difficulties with the audio on Puma at the end there, but I think we should be good. Um, Burge, if you're there as well, uh, let's call it a wrap, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Let's go. Get ready to get ready for the trash talk and let's go. Bye. Uh-